everybody welcome to another episode of project light waves we are at episode nine which sounds kind of crazy <laughs> that, like we're almost right. 10 episodes in <laughs> of doing this um i'm your co-host chassis and i'm here today with the awesome and spectacular joe how are you today joe wow, thank you i'm great how are you <laughs> <laughs> i'm doing well i'm doing well i'm um you know adulting is adulting but besides that i'm doing great <laughs> yeah and that's good mm-hmm all right so um we're kind of i feel like for the first time in a while we have a episode that is very themed about a specific subject yes um we will talk about quick two quick topics at the beginning but just to put it out there this is going to be a very keen of hearts heavy episode yes. so if you're not very fond of keen of hearts then this you might will not be learn to love it or yeah you'll love to love it That's, or if you just don't... love hearing our voices stick around <laughs> yes we might talk about uh, undertale at the end you never know it happens you never know yeah you never know <laughs> so <laughs> if you want to stick around the king of hearts for a surprise you know do so <laughs> but all right so just to jump right into it um one of the biggest i, I guess screenix related news kind of came out of nowhere where it had to do with balan wonderland <laughs> of, of all games, games. <laughs> where the director of the game, Yuji Naka, he kind of out of nowhere just tweeted how he apparently sued Square Enix. Um, the lawsuit was already settled, I guess, um, but he kind of just went on this rant online about how pretty much saying they're like a terrible company that don't care about the quality of their games or their fans and, um, and that he knew the game wasn't finished, um, but I guess it just, I guess they didn't meet his demands. Like I, I, I was mm -hmm. reading through everything he was saying and I know one, one of his demands is that I guess for like one of the YouTube trailers, he wanted like an original song for that. And I guess they were like, no. And they just put in like, I guess maybe, I don't know if it was like a piano track from the, the game's soundtrack yeah. or something, but it just seems like, um, they're butting heads and I, I guess i'm curious what do you think of this story uh well uh it's it's a bit of a weird uh situation right like you mm -hmm. don't often see this happening in 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 japan uh big yeah. a big name in the industry uh making a flaming Twitter thread uh, blasting mm -hmm. his ex-employer like like that. Like usually, mm -hmm. uh, things are resolved. Uh, let's say more peacefully over there. I mm -hmm. uh, I immediately thought about the time Tabata left and how mm -hmm. it almost seemed amicable at the time. Uh, even though I'm like ninety percent sure it wasn't. Uh, but you yeah, know they agree. they kept it cordial and uh, uh, it, it it was rather peaceful. Um, um, even though at the time uh, the stakes were way higher, like t t Tabata had just been given his own division, uh, Luminous, mm -hmm. and his departure caused 
all ongoing projects uh, to be canceled. And uh, I'm sure it also included the 15 <laughs> DLC. Rest in peace. And I also think um, for Spoken, just, I, I think that's a game that it changed. Yeah. It changed. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it was his game. And yeah. And all that, switch. all that caused uh, a huge loss to the company, a crippling mm -hmm. loss, in fact. And their stock was mm -hmm. in free fall after that for a while. So, yeah, uh, mm -hmm. in retrospect, having all this fuss right now over uh, what? <laughs> Balan Wonderworld? I think. It just seems a bit too much. Uh, and well, the thing is, um, yeah. just from my little, like, I'm not a Sonic fan, so yeah. I don't know the history of, like, Fujinaka, but from ever since this has happened, like, people who kind of know his history have, like, been speaking about it of, like, mm -hmm. it is very possible that Square Enix did do some, you know, not great things. Oh, definitely. But... Yeah but he has like a very not great reputation either yeah. so let's see and the um, like, words um, he used uh, were like just scathing like uh uh pretty much uh you know straight up saying that things like square enix doesn't care about the fans or their games mm -hmm. was kind of nuts to see yeah like i i know even before like it's even happened i know people are saying that this was more than likely going to be his last game but i think after that after this incident too mm -hmm. it's probably definitely going to be his last game yeah yeah um and it's just very interesting that like apparently when he was at sega there were similar stories of this happening because from my understanding about why he was kicked off Mm -hmm. Wonderland. I think the t internal team wanted him gone as well. So, yeah. so you know, the pe the people he worked with, you know, didn't like him or didn't want to work under him. And yeah, that it's not it's like not a, his first time for sure. And uh, yeah. even though I think Square Enix is also one hundred percent in the wrong here for uh, you know shipping an unfinished game, uh, he definitely mm -hmm. also has a certain uh, let's say uh it's not his first time that's uh, yeah it's a reputation uh, yeah. yeah like um reputation. i guess just to yeah this is like i think what we've said there's no there's nothing much else to be said but i i just know um i was listening to a podcast last night where they like briefly talked about this and i'm assuming if you search his name on youtube if you're curious to like know more of his past i think somebody i think way before this did like a deep dive on like his mm -hmm. career and like history on sega and how like he kind of screwed over people there yeah. a lot so i um so it's definitely you know if you're if you want to learn more about him there's yeah. definitely resources out there so anyway I'm, yeah I'm, i don't um, think we're we can't really judge judge this situation uh, in an informed manner especially with mm -hmm. the information we have but like just the things he said like uh uh we really i don't think we needed him to tell us that the game was unfinished like we could mm -hmm. pretty much all we all knew that based on the reception yeah. and mm -hmm. him being taken off the project six months before its completion i don't think that even with him on board i don't think it would have made made a huge difference uh exactly but yeah like again people have said yeah 
I know. I was just gonna say people have said there's like core problems with the yeah. game. So yeah, it I think yeah. I mean, Square uh, doesn't hesitate to scrap all projects uh, usually, and mm -hmm. I think this one should probably have ended up like that. Yeah, yeah. I I will say the the one thing about this though, I think does. I'm interested to see if like this starts something in terms of like Japanese creatives because this is something like. You know, like a year ago, mm. um, when we started hearing more about like the Blizzard stuff and um, Activision, and you kind of hear about like how you know there's a lot of these like toxic people that yeah. in like very high up positions. And it feels like that obviously has to be, um, you know, the same in you know Japan and like some of these Japanese sure. studios, and you, you kind of hear glimpses about it. Or you hear glimpses about how they have the same kind of like toxic work culture, you know, in terms of like um, crunch yeah. culture and all that. And so I, I'm mostly just curious if like maybe this opens a door where we hear more about that stuff. Because I will say I one thing that's you, you think no. I'm I don't know. I think it's just a Yuji Naka thing. Like uh, yeah. from what I heard, it's not the first time. He, he throws an entire team under the bus. So, you know, mm -hmm. it might be just something he well, does. Not, which, yeah, not yeah. even, I, I don't mean like in terms of like throwing a tantrum. I guess I, I'm more just, well, we just kind of hear more about like, because I, I feel like this is like the first insight in a long time in terms of like things that go on behind the scenes. Like, yeah. I, like um, I guess my point is when I think of like, certain creatives at Square Enix who haven't worked on anything in like literally 10 plus years and you that have, doesn't seem a that, certain name yeah, that, <laughs> yeah yes i do <laughs> well actually it's, it's multiple people and one of them actually worked on kingdom hearts but um yeah. the, the most famous example probably would be ito where yeah. like there's like the whole being in a janitor's closet but it's also like well, did something happen there? <laughs> you know, or I, he just you know got he, semi blacklisted. Yeah, didn't he? Isn't he making a game from now? Actually, it, that I mean, like, it's like a budget game yeah. that doesn't matter. <laughs> like it's yeah, like people are yeah, like well, it looks super. Yeah, he's still alive and working. That's I mean, that's uh, he, that's it's something. But like compared <laughs> to how like to go from like the director of like sure, one of the mainline games sure. to like working on like. It's like a. It's not even like a a bravely default or like a triangle shot. Like what he was working on was like so. It was like a blimp on the radar. Yeah. So that it it, it seemed like a personal pet project. They're like, here's like five grand. This is your yeah. budget. Here's an Here Excel sheet. Work on. It. <laughs> it, yeah. Um. And so I, I just think of people like that, where I'm like, it, it just seems very strange. Of like, I wonder if there's like this eternal culture we just don't have any awareness of yeah that some people kind of just get they're yeah, still within the company but kind of blacklisted it's how in a way. things are over there you know it's pretty hush yeah. hush most of the time mm -hmm. there there are a few exceptions there there's this the uh director from platinum games i forgot his name oh uh, the sorry. one um he blocks everyone on Twitter. Yeah, like, him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I know think, you're talking about. Yeah, and I think there's also you know Yoko Taro, and he was pretty outspoken about uh, everything. He doesn't know really how to shut up usually. So mm -hmm. I think these people are the only exception, and then everyone else yeah. is pretty you know discreet. Yeah, 
Uh, with, yeah, because uh, I think the one you're talking about is um, Kamiya. Yeah, Kamiya? Yeah. Kamiya, yeah. 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 He did Okami and like Banner. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's definitely true. I think uh, Kojima is another one where he kind of was like, he thought of uh, Sony calling like the mm-hmm. re-releases of True. games director's cuts stupid <laughs> like you're the only person who can say that <laughs> um but all right well that was it um yeah it's Battle in Wonderland I guess it's this is probably the last time we'll hear about this game it's so not it's definitely going not going to become a franchise no no um <laughs> and it's going out with a bang so um, I guess our final news before we dive into Kingdom Hearts yeah. is Yoshida <sighs> gives an update yes. on Final Fantasy 16, uh-huh. and it's absolutely nothing. No, Anyways, don't say on. that. No. <laughs> it's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do have a full quote up um, where he basically, I guess also for context is that for the 35th anniversary uh, Square is kind of working with this um, this company to kind of make like themed shirts. So mm-hmm. there's um, basically a shirt that represents each game, and 16 has one with kind of like new art of the game with like Ifrit. Or I feel like people say Ifrit. I say it Ifrit, but I know it's technically like Ifrit, but whatever. Um, yeah, both works. Ifrit and Clive. And um, <laughs> um, and I think we we saw the shirt like a week or two ago, and then I guess I'm assuming maybe they interviewed like different creators because I, I know like in the um the magazine I think for the clothing company they have like a picture of like Yoshida wearing like a 14 shirt mm-hmm. um, as well, and then he says right now the development of 16 is in its final stage as yep. a single player game. We are aiming to integrate story and game, gameplay even further different to a game where many people play online at the same time, the extent to which the game has an individual focus, how immersed you are in the story. Um, I feel like he goes on to say things that I feel like he said in other quotes. I feel like this Mm -hmm. quote also is kind of being taken out of context from people, specifically about, yeah, the the individual focus. And it's like, if you read the line before, when he's saying that it's different from a game where people play online at the same time, I feel like it's clear with the individual. Like, it doesn't automatically mean he's talking about there's no party and Clive's the only playable character. Like, he's clearly talking about the player of how mm-hmm. playing an MMO, which he's known for, and a lot of the team behind this game are from, like, uh, 14. It's a very different experience than being fully immersed in a single-player game. And so that's, I feel like it. That was, that was very clear what he was talking about, but that's just me. Yeah. Um, so, so that's the quote. I don't know if you have any further Yeah, I, he mentions that it's in the final stretch of development, which, you know, I'm not really surprised. I'm going to say that was also sort of expected, you know, like it had to be. So, yeah. Uh, it we I'm still expecting it to be, to revi- arrive around, uh, Christmas, you know, still this year. So yeah, at least at least that him saying that uh, gives me more hope that it will be the case. Yeah, like I, I wanted it before, you know, 
before it was spoken, but I think it's clear that's not going to happen. Yeah. But yeah, I think like um, Winter sounds good. I am curious though if like if Ragnarok or like God of War Ragnarok still releases this year, mm-hmm. if they you know want that to be released around the same time. But like who knows? But yeah. yeah it, um. Yeah, I feel like it's just kind of what we already knew. Like I think last year they had said that um the english voice like recordings is basically almost done so we're we're definitely in the final stretch i just think that like they seem very determined like for he seems especially very deterministic to like a plan of like when we show this game it's gonna have like a release date it's gonna be out in a couple months which i'm down for it's just the waiting sucks but you know we gotta be patient so great so that's it for any quick updates and this is now a kingdom hearts episode (laughs) 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 yeah like we're we're fully rebranding we're not about square enix anymore we're we're kingdom hearts podcast going for it but um (laughs) yeah it's the 20th this year is the 20th anniversary of kingdom hearts as a series the um kingdom hearts one first released in uh 2002 which is like crazy to think about (laughs) um and they had an anniversary event where we got kind of some updates and the last part of the trailer was kingdom hearts 4 however i don't want to like dive into kingdom hearts 4 right away i kind of want to start from the beginning Mm -hmm. we kind of do this retrospective of the series and i kind of wanted to start with kingdom hearts one and i'm very interested to kind of hear your perspective because i guess just quick context for me is that you know i was at the age where i would play games my brother played you know because he had the consoles and stuff and so i remember when kingdom hearts was coming out like my brother would get game pro magazines and i remember specifically like they had the ads and like if they had like a full page of an article there was like a part of like a like a vertical slice of it that was reserved for the kingdom hearts advertisements on each mm-hmm. page and i remember the tagline being i think it was like who you you'll never know like who you'll meet next and it was like kind of like promoting the fact like oh you have all these like disney characters and stuff like that which was i thought it was cool but then I never really like thought too much of it because again I'm like eight or nine at this point. <laughs> um, so I, I didn't play Kingdom Hearts one until like a couple of years after its release. So I'm curious, like, did you play it on release or no. what was your experience? Okay. No, I actually okay. I got into the series right after I saw the Toy Story trailer for Kingdom Hearts three uh mm-hmm. that's you know i always wanted to to play it to try it because i'm obviously you know in, i've always been a final fantasy fan and a mm-hmm. disney fan at the same time but i i guess it it just never happened and mm-hmm. then right after this trail i was like yeah it's time and <laughs> okay uh, i i played uh the mainline ones uh, KH1 and 2 and Birth by Sleep and then 2.8 all in anticipation for KH3 and you know I've I've watched uh, the cutscenes and the rest mm-hmm. and also the movie uh, it, it you watched did... the um, 
Yes. I'm sorry. I was I was just gonna ask. So you you bought like the remasters? Yeah, on on PS4. Okay. But I okay. I uh, I really was couldn't play them all. So you really just watch the cutscenes for a Chain of Memories. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the one with mm-hmm. the days or whatever in it. Yeah, uh, 300. Yeah. Yeah, uh I think there's one I missed. But anyway, I I I try to be caught up for the story. It didn't mm-hmm. really help a lot. I I was <laughs> I was lost by the end of I of KH2. We'll get into why once we get to Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> I, by the end of Kingdom Hearts 2, I was lost and I I just, you know, straight up gave up on the story. And, uh, that's very interesting okay. yeah but i i had a vague idea of what was going on and for me you know that that was enough i played kingdom hearts 3 enjoyed it a lot and same goes for remind i had a great time okay well i guess just okay that's that's really interesting because i was going in and i i guess i just assumed that you had like played the games before mm-hmm. me so yeah. i actually used I actually started playing, um, I can't remember the exact year, but whenever I started playing Kingdom Hearts, it was before Birth by Sleep. So, and, but it was mm. after Kingdom Hearts 2 was already out. So I'm guessing I probably played it like... Mid-2000s? Yeah, because I was in middle school, and I remember, I guess just like a quick story was that and we had moved, and so I was like the new kid, and I met these like group of friends, and I remember they kept talking about this game called Kingdom Hearts, and I, I didn't, I think at the time it had been like so many years since like I saw that ad as like a kid, I didn't really remember, mm-hmm. and so eventually I decided to like play it, and I borrowed it from one of them, like the first one, and then that's how, um, like honestly, it basically in a way, Kingdom Hearts is kind of how I ended up playing Final Fantasy, even though I technically had played I, Final I know Fantasy a lot of before people that. Like that. Yeah, yeah, because I had played Final Fantasy VIII because my brother had it, and but to me, it wasn't really a new experience because I had watched him play it so many times. And so when I played Kingdom Hearts one, I liked it, and then I brought Kingdom Hearts two from the same friend, and my brother saw me playing Kingdom Hearts two. He was like, "Well." Do you want to borrow like Battle Fantasy X to for my friend? Because they had it. And I was like, sure, I don't know. <laughs> and I, then I played it. And then, I yeah. <laughs> and then I played it and I liked it. And then ironically, I actually didn't beat Tentu the first time I played it. Because I think like when you get to the end on um, that like final, I guess kind of like the final dungeon part, I kind of like beat this one boss. And then my, I think my brother. I think either I got my mom or my brother to buy me 10. And that's basically how I like finally got into like playing Final Fantasy. Yeah, I was just like going through the games. But anyway, um, so that's kind of like my I think story. I know someone who has the same exact traje- trajectory as you after Kingdom Hearts, then Final Fantasy X too. And then it's, it's uncanny. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I think, honestly, I think it was just kind of chance because it's like I... I knew what Final, like, again, like, I, I played 8, but even when I was younger, I recognized the series. Like, I remember when The Spirits Within came out, and they were showing the trailers, and I was like, oh, Final Fantasy is the game my brother played, and mm-hmm. back when he had, like, a PS1, I remember 7 being on the, um, 
seven. Yeah, being on the back of the PS1 box. But I think, and again, my brother is probably kind of the reason I got into games so much. So I'll always like be thankful to him because he's like always try to like foster. Like if he saw I was interested in something, he always tried to like buy it for me or something. Mm-hmm. And so when I was starting to get more into like you know Mario and Final Fantasy, like he showed me Abbott Children and stuff like that. So that's kind of like how. I don't know, I guess kind of, like, fostered, like, me getting into, like, the Square Enix, because, like, at that point, he wasn't really, like, playing. Like, he's never played Kingdom Hearts. Like, he doesn't really, like, honestly, outside of 8, he doesn't really mess with Final Fantasy. Like, uh-huh. he, he just doesn't play games as much anymore. But um, at the time, even if he didn't, like, he would still kind of pay attention and show me stuff. So, mm. but anyway, yeah, like, it is it is a very interesting kind of, like, trajectory. So, I, I remember being in school and, like, talking with my friends about like back then that was when people thought like the the three keyblade masters or whatever in the armor people thought that was like Kyrie Riku and Sora <laughs> so like, uh, like we'd be theorizing from that like you know so and it was and a very interesting time you mean and you know and there were aqua and the rest right Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like at the time, like all we had was that like trailer uh, or like the secret ending. Ah, uh, yeah, the cinematic. Yeah. Yeah, and so at the time, like um, it wasn't revealed. Like we didn't see their faces, and we didn't know. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, you know, playing. Yeah. Uh, so... Then later, mm-hmm. I I think I guess I kind of already knew all the characters. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think I came into the series kind of like at the point where like basically it was starting to build up to like these side games coming out and Mm -hmm. so it was like um you know you would go online and um you know there would be like theories about like who's you know um you know who's the ball dude and stuff like (laughs) you know (laughs) you know (laughs) and and and, um i don't don't know like looking back it was like a very different atmosphere because yeah like everybody knows now that's you know aqua then and tara but like yeah like people literally thought that was like the destiny trio uh trio excuse me um and then i think we got like the trailer like i think it was a trailer that was like showing like um I think like Xehanort freezes his Ven, and then like his like shield, like his face shield cracks, and so you see like, mm-hmm. oh, he looks like Roxas, and then you see Aqua holding them, and then not to him. I think if I'm remembering right, I think that's when everybody was like, oh, okay, that's not the Destiny trio. These are like new characters, and um, and, and then Birth, know, by but... Sleep, Birth by Sleep came out, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and then I guess it's, yeah, and. Um, but, uh, I guess just jumping back, I'm curious to hear like your opinion of Kino Hearts since you you played it um, mm-hmm. a lot more recently than I thought. And I, one thing I hear um, from people who kind of play Kingdom Hearts nowadays, mm-hmm. they don't really like the gameplay as much. So I, I guess you know, just tell me about like your experience. Oh well, with it. I. Well, first of all, I I wouldn't say that I'm I'm super fan, but like still, I I like it enough. Uh, uh-huh. I, I I mean the series as a whole after playing <laughs> and experiencing everything. Uh, mm-hmm. After playing Kingdom Hearts One was rough, man. Uh, <laughs> gameplay wise, and I know the story is has its charm, and everyone likes the first uh, because it was still simple and 
and yeah. clean. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, I I couldn't really I I didn't enjoy the the controlling the combat mm -hmm. at, at, at all so uh mm -hmm. for me i i only f uh, fell in love with everything after kingdom hearts 2 uh even mm -hmm. if the story was bonkers and i wasn't understanding anything uh the mm -hmm. worlds and the combat carried everything for me and mm -hmm. pretty much uh, that those two factors have been doing just that ever since for me and the series. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. Um, I think I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because like I usually play, and also I forgot to ask. Like when you play Kingdom Hearts, do you usually stick to normal or do you play at higher difficulties? Uh, I think I've made the mistake of playing at higher difficulty the first one. Uh, mm -hmm. with the controls at it wasn't a great call so I, I from then on and especially mm -hmm. that I I had a pretty tight schedule to finish everything and watch everything mm -hmm. before uh, Kingdom yeah. Hearts 3 came out I think I played uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 on normal difficulty and uh, then mm -hmm. KH3 on a harder one because I, I you know I wasn't I had t more time then, and mm -hmm. uh, and the controls were were way better for uh, the third entry. Okay. But, but usually, yeah, no, I'm I... not really a fan of putting it on the highest difficulty possible and and playing the combat. It's not not really into that in general. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like I I usually play Kingdom Hearts on normal, and I mean. The only, I guess, con for that is, like, if you want to get, like, the secret endings and stuff, you kind of have to do everything in the game. You so, true. You true, bro. You, well, I mean, at the time, like, I think... <laughs> yeah. I, I think, like, at that time, it wasn't as common. Like, eventually, like, I learned, I mean, I you know, know, just yeah. go to YouTube. I, yeah. True, true. Yeah. I think that was... Like, I think I... Like, when I started playing Kingdom Hearts, it was kind of like the border of, like, oh, you still talk to your friends to, like, learn about... Like, there even is a secret ending. And then, you know, people, then people just was like, oh, it just became known, like, this is what to expect. Mm -hmm. so it was an interesting time. But um, I guess for Kingdom Hearts, like, to me, I still think it's kind of, like, objectively the best one. I wouldn't say, like, combat-wise, but I think in terms of, like, its story structure. Mm -hmm. And I think also, like, being faithful to the fact that it is technically a Disney property. Because, like, I think a lot of people forget that Disney does own a series yeah. um and like i i didn't finish my replay um of it i think i i think i was basically almost too hollow bastion but i never finished because I, I was replaying it um on game pass because my brother's girlfriend she has my collection on like ps4 mm -hmm. um and one thing i noticed like replaying it is that i feel like it's at least to me, it was a lot more naturally funny um, than any of the other games since. Um, I can see that, yeah. Yeah, and um, I wish I remembered to look up his name um, before the podcast, but I know um, something that's in Kingdom Hearts 1 that I feel like is lost in every game after is like the cutscene direction. And that's because, like, it, um, it specifically had um, 
this one person at screen. Oh, uh, like that, that guy Nomura lo- likes a lot. He yeah, was like the cutscene director in World of Final Fantasy. Yes, he was. Yes, because I, I remember looking him up and I was like, oh, like the last oh, thing I, he's done is like World of Final Fantasy. I should remember like, his should... name, man. It's like, I think it's like Jun. It starts with an A. Like his last name, but I, I can't remember it fully. But we're, we're we know we both are on the same page. Yeah, yeah, he's really about. good. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, and I I feel like that's also why I think in terms of presentation and story, why like Kingdom Hearts is still the best to me is also a big part of his work, uh-huh. as well as just like you said earlier that it is a simpler story of like you know this boy going on an adventure and trying to reunite with his friends. And I kind of feel like the heart of Kingdom Hearts, I felt like was more authentic to me. Mm-hmm. And it gets like, you know, like a lot of people say like, Oh, people don't like it. Cause it's about emotions and stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like Kingdom Hearts was about like believing yourself and like your friends and all that anime stuff. And I, I just think it was more authentic there versus I feel like in later games, it just becomes like forced. But yeah. anyway, um, that that's just kind of how I felt about it. Um, I think it's the last game where Kyrie kind of feels like a character as Oof. well. Uh, yeah. Until <laughs> so, the, 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 you know, the musical game. Well, I heard, well, I heard that like it, she's, they do her awful in that. Yeah, you Did told you play me. it? No, but oh, you yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I haven't played it either, but I've heard things. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> but I, I just feel like, um, you know, because another thing is that Nojima, who's kind of like, he is, I would say, probably easily most famous kind of like scenario mm-hmm. writer at Final Fantasy. He did seven, he did eight, he did ten. Uh, he's on the remake again. Yeah. Um, he's. I feel like the series was also at its best when he was the main writer, or at least one of the main writers, because mm. he's he's on um, basically his last game was two, which I feel like, yeah, <laughs> it sh- kind of shows after, like once he's not like. Uh, so after so that, it was just Nomura coming up with the. It's, it's been like some different. It's like each game there's been some different writers, like some. Mm. I know one person who was on the first game, I think, like, does continue on some games, okay. but it's kind of, it's it changes a lot, but I, and, I feel like... And um, I, I remember uh, the guy's name, it's uh, Jun Akiyama. Yeah, yes. Um, I, thank you for that. I, I always wondered after World of Final Fantasy what he was working on, and I thought he'd be on the remake, but he wasn't, so I'm still wondering where... Where he's been? Yeah, it's confusing. Like, yeah, there's like people at Square Enix who do great work who kind of just seem benched or either on very small projects. But yeah, I don't know. But um, but yeah, and obviously, you know, if you can't talk about you know uh, Kingdom Hearts without mentioning Yoko and like her, you know, wonderful music. And I know for me, um. I kind of tend to prefer a lot of the, like, the, especially the main boss themes uh, for the villains. That's kind of like my preference in terms of Kingdom Hearts music. But mm-hmm. do you have any like um, ones in Kingdom Hearts one that like stick out to you or anything? Uh, 
Not really. I love the、mm-hmm. music overall, of course, and、uh, every、mm-hmm. intro is great.、Uh, mm-hmm. But of course, my yeah, my my fi- sorry. Oh no! I was just saying Utada, like her her music. Yeah. Yeah.、Uh, even though the intro of KH Three, which was more controversial,、uh, faced my fears. <laughs> I I、mm-hmm. I really liked,、uh, mm-hmm. but. Uh, yeah, I like the main theme.、Uh, overall,、mm-hmm. I think it's it's my my favorite. The 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 one from the、uh, when you the 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 first menu when you open the game. That's the oh, one. dearly beloved. Dearly beloved. Yeah, dearly beloved.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me,、um, I've always been a fan. Well, I, I think for me, Hollow Bastion is probably still like. Honestly, I would probably say still my favorite world across Kingdom Hearts, like the entire series. Like I, I don't think, in terms of like its design, visually, and just was it what happens the there. Yeah, Hollow Bastion. That's like the that's like the final world before like、okay. the literal final world. Okay,、yeah. that's like where beasts and you get beasts and stuff. Yeah. Um. And it just it just changes names in the second one, but um. I, and also, I just love like the battle music there.、Um, mm-hmm. It's it's really catchy. And then、um, Twilight Town. Yeah. So, so that's the second one, right? Yeah. Kingdom Hearts Two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're、really、about to jump into that, but yeah.、Um, I mean, I also like Traverse Town's music. It's like cozy. Like oh,、I'm, Traverse Town. I I I I'm, I think I'm mixing the two up. Yeah. Oh、uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. They they also yeah Traverse Town. Yeah yeah. That that was good music too. I sometimes listen if I'm like studying or like coding、mm-hmm. and stuff. Um. But yeah, and um, I guess I would ask. You know, since you played through the games recently and stuff, do you, you keep saying you that,、like、assuming that I remember. <laughs> Anything about this story? I don't. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. No, but go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, it wasn't、Shoot、about the shot. question. Actually, <laughs> the question actually isn't about the story at all. Like, okay, I, no, I, I just, I no, like literally, like you playing it like after like Kingdom Hearts two is announced, like really surprising. Like I wasn't expecting. That at all. I thought you. <laughs> I... No, I didn't. No, <laughs> so, so no, it's just very interesting to me because I, I feel like I don't talk to. I, I feel like so like one of the issues with Kingdom Hearts is you see so many people talk about, oh, like I want to play it,、mm-hmm. but it's hard to get into, and you hear people saying that、yeah. so much. I'm, I'm not sure what the、don't. reason. What took me so long? I guess I was one of those, you know,、uh, just turn-based lovers back、mm. back.、Uh, Oh, you don't want to play a filthy. Yeah. You don't want to play a filthy action、yeah. game. Nomura's、uh, Nomura's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I love Nomura, you know, but just Kingdom Hearts interested me. Just I never could get start playing it, and then there was、yeah. this whole、uh, era of、uh, just Square Enix being bad, and I was done with them、uh, after.、Yeah. After after ten and the dark, the dark, the dark era, yeah. So ah,、uh, not and I think the trailer for Toy Story was in two thousand sixteen, seventeen. That's the trailer, if I remember correctly. That's the trailer that I think got a lot of people who like either weren't into Kingdom Hearts or either had fell off, yeah, or you know, kind of like a mixture of like how you feel. 
from my mm-hmm. understanding, a lot of people kind of like, you know what? I don't give a fuck what's going on in the story. <laughs> yes. I'm here for the Disney stuff. Yes. <laughs> like I think that and the Pirates trailer, like, sh- like that, um, I think got a lot of people on board. You know, mm-hmm. three. So. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, no, the question I was going to ask Go you ahead. actually was about the story at all. It was actually going to be, what was your if the character isn't in if your favorite character isn't in Kingdom Hearts one, that's fine. But I was just curious, like, do you have a favorite character in Kingdom Hearts? Oh God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I guess I like Sora. He's okay. Uh, he's okay. The main the main protagonist of the face okay. of the series. He's uh, okay. <laughs> uh, and Riku is fine. Uh, a little bit mm-hmm. uh, on the edgy side, but that's fine. That's it's it's in the Mora mm-hmm. game. That's fine. I you know I I really don't have much to say about the characters. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> they are there to take me through the worlds and you know do flashy things when I press the <laughs> buttons and that that's about it. Okay, so <laughs> that's I, I think for me, for me, you know, when I was playing these games, I was probably like literally like fourteen. Yeah. Like I was at that age of like. You know, people are writing like fan fiction about these characters and stuff. So like, I was at that age of like, you know, people were like very like, you know, intense and very passionate. So like, I think for, you know, it was very like easy to have your favorites. Like I think for me, like Riku was always a fave, but I don't think he became a fave until like Kingdom Hearts two, especially. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I, I think I like all the characters, at least. With one and two, I feel like I like all the characters, and then after yeah, Roxas two, it's is like... pretty, uh, you know, is pre- is a pretty light character, I guess. And yeah, I think for me, like the Roxas, Roxas. <laughs> the reason I, I never liked Roxas isn't because of him. It's just because, again, I'm like 14, so I have more time on my hands. So I would replay Kingdom Hearts two, especially a lot. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, when you replay Kingdom Hearts 2, you have, you have to intro. replay that intro again. <laughs> <That damn laughs> like, intro. I, I, I <laughs> yeah. didn't mind it uh, this much. Maybe, did did you play the game with uh, Roxas before playing Kingdom Hearts 2? Well, you know, you got to remember, when I started Kingdom Hearts, mm-hmm. these sequels didn't exist yet. They didn't? Like, I don't even, like... Yeah, because when I played Kingdom Hearts 2, like, then, Birth by Sleep... Then when and, like, does everybody recommend playing this one before Kingdom Hearts 2, then? Well, that's that's a division. Like, there's people who feel like oh, you God. should play... Okay. Yeah, there's, there's people <laughs> who feel like you should play in release order. And then there's... Like, to me, I don't think you should play 358 and a half days. Like I said, I didn't play it. I just... There was a way with the remaster to watch all the cutscenes. Uh, so that's what I did. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because the thing about the Kingdom Hearts, and at this point we're just diving into Kingdom Hearts now, but Kingdom Hearts 2, and mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I've technically never played Chain of Memories. It's kind of, I, I wanted to, but I just never did. Do you have any thoughts about Chain of Memories, I guess, before going into Kingdom Hearts 2? Uh, combat had cards, so I was hard out. And <laughs> and the cutscenes... 
and the cutscenes were fine. I I I don't think the story. It, I think that it's the entry where the story uh, mattered uh, didn't really matter as much as other spinoffs. Uh, am I correct in assuming this? I, I not, think, not much happens. I I think. I think it's the one where like you can jump into two and be like who are these people but anyway type thing because because that's i i never even knew about chain of memories because again like i'm borrowing these games from a friend before i eventually bought them myself yeah so like when i played kingdom hearts 2 and i saw the opening again like i still <laughs> this is gonna be so funny now like years later when i you know i started kingdom hearts 2 and the opening you know sanctuary starts who the f and is then that? it gets the yeah, like literally, like when it gets, you know, he's going over the fence of the first game. I'm like, yeah, I knew this. I just played it. And then it goes with a chain of memories. I literally thought, was like, again, like I haven't played Final Fantasy VII. I don't even know if I have watched Avent Children yet. And I saw, um, what is it, Mar, Mar Lucia? I was like, is that Sephiroth? <laughs> like, oh, no. Know. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, that's, because again, like, I, I just didn't know. And I was like, is that Sephiroth? <laughs> I don't know why, like, I thought this pink hair dude. And the thing is, like, I had fought, like, I did, like, the, um, I don't think I beat him, but, like, mm-hmm. I did, like, the Hades Cup fight in the first one where, like, you fight Sephiroth. And I, I don't know why I suddenly thought this pink hair dude, but but that speaks for itself. Like, I, I knew nothing about Chain of Memories going into Kingdom Hearts 2. And honestly, I feel like it doesn't, it's, all you get is like some mild confusion in the beginning, mm-hmm. but then eventually it's like it, it doesn't matter. So yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I think maybe so. It maybe has some... that's why we had you know a different experience because I <laughs> knew about Roxas uh, when I started Kingdom Hearts two. So I really I didn't mind what was going on. The intro was fine for me. I well, the first time it. I played the game, I didn't I didn't dislike the intro. It's more just on like if you're playing like repeat playthroughs. Oh, okay. It's kinda like you just want to get to like, alright, I can control I Sora know. and I, go to like playing Kingdom Hearts 2 for the first time uh, felt like playing a Final Fantasy game. You know, it started yeah. uh by introducing the characters and then what there was some sort of mystery as to what was mm-hmm. going on and I I mm-hmm. I really liked uh kingdom hearts 2 as a whole but uh the intro was was pretty cool for me yeah and, I, and that's also why i don't think it makes sense to play 350 and have days before kingdom hearts 2 because the whole point of kingdom hearts 2's intro is you're not supposed to know who roxas is and you're supposed and he doesn't know who he is really because like these weird things slowly start happening and you realize, oh, something's not right. Mm. And the whole intro is him realizing like, oh, I'm a, this nobody or whatever. And I have to rejoin Sora. And I feel like if you play Kingdom Hearts, uh, uh, if you play the prequel Roxas game before Kingdom Hearts 2, then that kind of like defeats the whole point of the opening if you're playing it for the first time mm. so yeah I, I don't i don't know I, i've seen people recommend it that way like you said but i i don't agree and i know other people don't agree like i think you should just play the games in release order and then mm. if you want to replay the series after you replayed everything and you want to kind of like experience it in like timeline order 
that's what you should do. Like, I, I don't think you should like I, play these games in timeline order yeah. your first time. You, what you think. say, what you're saying makes sense. I think the recommendation mostly comes from people who don't want to confuse new players. So maybe it's easier to understand. I was still confused, mind you. Right? I, yeah, I, I, uh, I think that confuses them more because especially like, again, you, and maybe I'm coming at it a different perspective, but it's like, you know, when I, 358 and a half days was announced and then they're like, oh, there's this secret, oh, like 14th organization member. We're all like, who is that? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Like, I feel like there's, I don't know, it's it's, it's a debate for sure. Like, I, I think people have their opinions on it, and maybe there probably isn't a right or wrong answer, but, mm. you know, people can decide for themselves how they want to play it. But anyway, moving on from that, once you do the Roxas intro, which I think we both agree that, like, it is a, a great intro, um, that, you know, you dive into Kino Hearts 2, which is kind of like... It has a very similar kind of premise in a way to the first game. I'm thinking about it where it is once again, Sora's kind of searching for his friends and, or, you know, especially specifically kind of like chasing after Riku and stuff. And um, I think my only flaw of Kingdom Hearts 2 when I replayed it again is that there, there's a pacing issue there where you have to like yeah. revisit the world a second time. And it's kind of filler in a way. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I think this is a great game. Like this is a great sequel. Um, it has one of my favorite like like honestly, as much as I, I love Hollow Bastion, but in terms of like the final final world, I think the world that never was is like the greatest like final world in the series. Like I don't think that's been top. Like I I know people love the boss rush in three, but I just think that like. Everything about the world that never was and like the final boss fight with Zenith and everything is just so good. <laughs> but um and I don't know, I just I just love this game. Like honestly, like even though I think in my heart of hearts, Kingdom Hearts One is probably the better game, I think Kingdom Hearts Two is still my favorite because I just have like a lot of memories of like you know, like um you know, dying to suffer off a bunch of times before finally winning and <laughs> um I love how the the Final Fantasy characters are like integrated in this one as well. So I don't know, but I'm talking a lot. So what do you think? No, no, go ahead. Again, uh, you know, you, you obviously you know you have a, a far older experience with the series than me. So mm -hmm. uh, Kingdom Hearts two, I I think I did the bare minimum. So you know, even the fight <laughs> with uh, Sephiroth, I I didn't do because, like I said, I was running mm -hmm. out of time. Uh, yeah, you're just trying to experience the story. Yeah. Tried, yeah. Emphasis on trying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, again, I I enjoyed the words a lot, even though I I don't I I I get confused about the worlds. I'm not sure which world is. Uh, is in which entry, but I remember really liking the words, worlds. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I think Pirates of the Caribbean was in this one. Yes, it was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's one I remember. That's good. That's. Uh, yeah, it's, I, it's Pirates, Mulan, the yeah. world, um, 
Beast's Castle is in this one. Uh-huh. Um, the Nightmare Before Christmas. Because this is also the game, and I didn't mention this in the first... We talked about the first game, but the first game tries to have more original stories where I feel like in Kingdom Hearts 2 is when like a lot of the plots in the world kind of follow the movies mm-hmm. um, more. And so, yeah, so like we, we had like some returning worlds, like obviously like Olympus, which we got Orin, which was fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> Even though like I, I didn't, I hadn't played Final Fantasy X at the time. So I didn't fully appreciate it, but also I knew Orin was cool. <laughs> like, like, I, like I, I didn't, um, you know, I didn't have any context of who he was. But I was like, man, this guy is cool. And then I was, now that I played the game, I'm like, man, that was like great. Like the how they integrated him in that world mm-hmm. was like great. I kind of wish they did that more with Final Fantasy characters, but yeah, um, but yeah like we got Agrabah, uh, the Little Mermaid world, and um, probably missing a few others, but yeah, yeah. But like you said, the last world I clearly remember liking a lot, especially the last, you know, showdown with uh, Sora and Riku at the same time during the the, the final fight. Mm. That was pretty yeah. cool. That's uh, a part I remember vividly. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, like I said, I'm trying to remember, especially these days, I'm trying to look, I should look up uh, which worlds are in which entry because it... Uh, I intend, you know, I I know my daughter likes special sp- specific Disney, uh, you know, movies. So uh, I, if I can uh, re-experience these with her, it would be cool. It, that's that's why I'm I'm really looking forward to Kingdom Hearts now. It's not just only for me. It's only it's also because I have incentive now, uh, especially mm-hmm. since she's she's starting to watch me play and stuff that. Uh, that's something mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to uh, for Kingdom Hearts 4 as well when we'll get to this yeah yeah because um, I know that is like I know especially with Kingdom Hearts 3 like I saw like you see stories of people who would be like showing you know they show like themselves playing with their children and they'd be like I was literally you know like a child or a teen when Kingdom Hearts 1 came out and mm-hmm. now I get to experience Kingdom Hearts 3 my own child and I, I do think that's like a very beautiful thing and I, I know for me I remember when I was playing Kingdom Hearts 2 one night and I think one of my mom's friends came over and she had like you know a bunch of kids and I had to like basically entertain them but I didn't want to stop playing the game so I went to the Little Mermaid world and too and you know a lot of people like crap on that world because it's not like how um in the first game uh hello mm-hmm that world you, you actually fought and stuff this was kind of just like a kind of like a musical mini game thing yeah I but mean, i used that to my <laughs> yeah I, I used that to my advantage and i just handed the kiss the controller <laughs> and i was like i let them play it and they really loved that like being able to like you know just press the buttons at the right time for this song and they would okay be I'm someone they would pass to the other kid so I'm yeah that's why you should I'm, do that for her <laughs> since i still have yeah, my like, save i can just go through that world and just uh, do that again. Uh, yeah. I think I think people also dislike the swimming uh, in in that world. But was that mm-hmm. in the first one? Yeah, like the first one is when it's like an actual world where like um, the swimming is like, kind of wonky, right? Yeah, and then I, I think you can kind of like swim a little bit 
in the, the second one, but it's more just like in a very limited area. Like, but it's not like a fully explorable world like the first, uh, like the world in the first game was. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. But um, yeah, like that's and that's why I mentioned it because I was like, that's probably something she would really like, like um, because they because these kids they're kind of like they range from being like yes. I don't know, probably the oldest was probably like twelve or something, uh, you oh, know. That's, old. that's <laughs> yeah. way older. Well, well, no, like I'm saying, like these were like five kids though. So if the oldest was <laughs> okay. twelve, the youngest one was probably like yeah. three. But, so but yeah, that's and then like, there, there I... was like. I have very specific expectations for the world in Kingdom Hearts 4. I I hope they deliver on that. Not for me, for, you know, my daughter. Yeah, and that's something I, I kind of always have these conversations with people where I'm kind of like, I'm not really sure. Like, does Kingdom Hearts try to, like, market itself for kids anymore? And I'm not really sure. Like, obviously, there's the Disney stuff, but I'm kind of like, is it more like older people, like parents, introducing it to their children? I'm just very curious about that because I feel like the answer is no. But um, I think it can it, be I feel like, for both, I guess. I mean, I think it can be, but I'm, I'm I'm more asking like, does Square Enix really try to market to kids as well, like them themselves versus other? Like instead of like, I feel like fans kind of do more of the marketing to show kids, hey, this game exists. And I'm like, do keep the Square Enix marketing really reach out to mm. like appeal with kids? Like, yeah. like it's Kingdom Hearts question. trailers showing on like Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network. I don't know because I don't watch that stuff, but it's just something to think about, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, all right. I, I did have one question for you about Kingdom Hearts 2. Oh, God. You mentioned being confused about the story. And I, I'm, <laughs> I'm interested on like where. It lost you. Uh, uh, I think you remember. I think it's at the end uh, mm. when we. I think there's a a cinematic with uh, someone walking in 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 between buildings and and stuff. I think it it, it was Riku or someone resembling Riku, or he was hooded. Uh, oh, you're talking about how like he talks about how like he was using the darkness to look like Ansem, but it's really Riku, and he fought yeah, Roxas. I mean, and... For me, the whole thing was like I, I, I just you know didn't I couldn't bother you know with the nobodies and who was who's nobody and. Uh, <laughs> It's funny because when I think about it now and I'm older, I'm like, this is very dumb. But at the time, like, I just accepted it. I'm like, yeah, like, Riku's turning into, like, this dark, this tall, dark brown dude. Like, this is normal. <laughs> you know? Like, I didn't question it. <laughs> you know? Like, because like, it's weird. It's like, yeah, like, you know, like, he's using the darkness to, like, do this thing. And, like, Kyrie can yeah. see him. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it was just one of many things, you know? Uh, it's just... I didn't even think it. The problem wasn't even then. It was dumb. Uh, I I can, you know, enjoy uh, some stupidity here and there. It's just mm-hmm. that I I couldn't really make sense of anything, and at at one point I just I just gave up. And you, you watched the Chain of Memories cutscenes, right? Before yeah. this, yeah, everything. Okay. 
Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, because I, I feel like for me, I never watched, like I, I didn't know anything about Chain of Memories. And honestly, to this day, I, I still haven't fully watched Chain of, Chain of Memories. I think I just read like a summary of what happens to mm-hmm. it and maybe watched a few cutscenes. Mm-hmm. But because um, I, I think the whole thing with Riku, I think that's kind of like the backstory of that is in Chain of Memories. And then there's like some other stuff like with Ansem, where he's like pretending to be Diz. Yeah. And then that whole thing is kind of weird. For me, I think the problem with everything in the story is that they try to over-explain everything. And that's... I sometimes really don't have to... Like, I'm going to take 14's example, for for example. Uh, Mm -hmm. The story can get really complicated. It's just that they don't... uh, really go into deep on everything and they try to explain and give definition or new words you know like kingdom hearts like to do for everything and Mm -hmm. uh if they did that it could really easily go kingdom hearts way and and become not understandable for me and i think Mm -hmm. it, it kingdom hearts could have solved a lot of its issues with the story with less uh made up words and uh, you know, changing the the meaning of some words to to exp- like nobodies, for example, uh, to define yeah, something. Yeah, I, I know a lot of yeah, a lot of people got confused by that. Yeah. And not over-explain everything. Like just sometimes it's it's good that you to just say that this guy is this guy's clone or related to this guy, and then don't explain why. Don't confuse people more than they are already confused. I think. Uh, that's mm-hmm. my main issue with the story. All right, that's that's totally valid. Um, I guess one last question is, you know, we always got to bring Final Fantasy into it. And yeah. Kingdom Hearts 2 is basically, I feel like, the last game. Mm-hmm. Do they have any real relevance? So I was thinking, like, did you kind of, like, enjoy, like, how they were tied in? Because I, I know, like, yeah. you know, one of the big points of King Hearts 2 is like the middle part where there's all it's kind of meme too where like Mickey kind of like gets all serious and like fights and all that <laughs> but you know you you get the part where you get to fight with everybody like all the key, uh, Final Fantasy characters except Era for that which I always still think is that was lame they never let her fight but whatever but you know um I really love get- these parts uh, I remember mm-hmm. when meeting Tifa for the first time. I yeah. was was one of high, one of the high points of the game, honestly, mm-hmm. because uh, she also felt like you know the the Tifa I would imagine be in Final Fantasy VII. Uh, mm-hmm. Like she was uh, up, uh, cheery and uh, you know not the Tifa that from Advent Children, for example. Uh, that's very oh, oh, oh that's that's also very interesting because yeah like um avid children had come out so yeah that's that's, that's really interesting mm-hmm, to think yes. about especially from your uh, I, yeah, yeah okay. I, i've been watching advent children since it came out and mm-hmm. uh, pretty much on the regular so yeah mm-hmm. but yeah like yeah. i was saying uh, it was really cool seeing all these characters and Auron too, like you said, uh, really cool. Uh, Cloud was his Advent children self, unfortunately, but it yeah. was still still pretty cool to you know uh, uh, to have him there. Yeah, like to me, I think that in um, hearts, especially because um, 
one thing about Kingdom Hearts 1 was I think, um, I didn't mention this, but I guess just to go back retroactively, is that they actually wanted Riku in Kingdom Hearts 1. And I think instead of Yuffie, mm-hmm. they didn't want to confuse people with like her and the character Riku. That's why yeah. Yuffie is in. And then um, Riku is, though, right? Uh, she's. Uh, well, she comes in later as a like fairy. She's a but, like, fairy or something. Yeah, but they're they're kind of like temporary. Whereas, like, yeah. if she if she would have been in Yuffie's place, she would have been mentioned more. So yeah, I yeah. think they were just worried Makes about sense. that. And, Makes sense. And I know, um, uh, is it Aya Bria from like Parasite Eve? I think they, I think Nomura wanted her in instead really? of Aerith. Yeah, and then the team wanted Aerith, and Aerith ended up winning. So that's how Aerith. So inappropriate. In. No, glad they. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it, it's very interesting because that implies that, like, it wouldn't have, you know, it's it's always been made, to, you know, people kind of be like, oh, it's like a Disney Final Fantasy thing. But if Aya, if Aya, sorry, had have been in, it, it would have been a more mm-hmm. Disney and Square Enix thing for Ankino Hearts 2. What we have gotten, like, other Square Enix characters. I don't know. I, I feel like if her, I'm glad Aerith got in because, like, I like Aerith and okay. I, I um, but I feel like if if that would have happened, it would have had interesting implications, but it didn't. So, but um, the thing I wanted to say also was that they wanted Vincent in too, but I guess maybe they couldn't have both Cloud and Vincent in. Too so much edge. them. Yeah, and so that's why we get like this Cloud who has like a claw, like Vincent in Kingdom Hearts One. He's kind of like edgier and moodier. Mm-hmm. And Cloud actually is, and this is before having children too. Um, and I kind of feel like um, that, and then going into Kingdom Hearts Two, we kind of get this Sephiroth who's like obsessed with Cloud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I, I feel like. Avent children and then Kingdom Hearts is kind of why we've gotten like these weird portrayals of Cloud and Sephiroth for so long. And thankfully, I feel like with the remake, we finally got like Cloud again. Yeah. But unfortunately, Sephiroth is still kind of like this weirdo Sephiroth that's like super obsessed with Cloud, which is unfortunate. But hey, I'll take what I can get. So. <laughs> yeah, I I have hope if he's more like the Sephiroth and the. In the final scene with Cloud at the edge of the galaxy, uh, he well, seemed less crazy there. Well, that's well, that's the thing. I think that is like a. Well, Very I think real. the theory is that's like a non-crazy. Yeah. that's a non-crazy Sephiroth. Yeah, that, that's yeah. why it gives me hope. Like I'm, I'm yeah. hoping to see they they'll have to show that uh, part of uh, that side of Sephiroth anyway in the next uh, part because he's well, going to be thing- in the past. Well, the thing for me is that, I guess for me, was that even when Sephiroth was crazy, and now we're going off on, like, this whole change. <laughs> My bad, y'all, but, like, uh, just quickly, is that time. even when Sephiroth, <laughs> yeah, even when Sephiroth was crazy, like, I guess crazy uh, Sephiroth in the original game, he wasn't obsessed with Cloud. Like, if anything, he didn't care about Cloud, and when he did, it was specifically to use him, like, because he was a puppet, and his mm. eyes were, like, I feel like ever since, like, Avent Children... Yeah. It's become this like personal obsession. Yeah, well, that yeah. Like, to me, yeah, like I, I feel like to me, that's the weird something, part. That's something, like, something. It's a sequel, not a, you know. Yeah, and, and yeah, it's like all right. I, I was, you know, so if we gotta, if if I gotta deal with crazy obsessed stuff, we're off to get like a faithful Aerith and a faithful 
cloud, then I'll take it. But, you know, uh, but anyway, so I guess with Kingdom Hearts 2, I don't know if you have any final thoughts or wanted to touch on the music. I, well, I guess I didn't even answer my own question about the Final Fantasy stuff. I loved it. You know, I, um, I always thought that was cool. Like, I, like to me, I think, yeah, like, um, watching, playing this game kind of was my introduction to Tifa in a way. Like, I, I'm sure I probably have, have, have seen her in a, in a way before, like, fan art or something, but, like, that was my introduction to Tifa, and, you know, I'm a huge Tifa fan, and so I always thought she was cool in, like, Kingdom Hearts and stuff like that, and, um, you know, there's, like, the famous, like, thing with Squall or Leon and like Clout fighting back to back and stuff. And yeah, yeah. I just I wish afterwards we had gotten more moments like that, but you I mean know, I even got um, Cypher in that game, so I couldn't be more happier. Yeah. I always thought you know, I always thought Cypher and them were like so weird in that game. I don't know. I, I think it's because of the BB thing. Like I, I just thought BB kind of like chasing after them was like yeah, really weird to me. It's weird, but I, I thought his personality was pretty spot on actually. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just think um, I guess final thoughts on the, for me for the Final Fantasy thing is that I feel like Nomura has an issue with the handling of characters he didn't create. Like for instance, I, you know, at the time I'd obviously hadn't played Final Fantasy six, uh-huh. and then I did, and then um. You know, so I didn't really know who like uh, Setzer was. Setzer is. And years yeah, later, yeah, I was going to say Setzer. Yeah, and then years later, I played it, and then I'm like, "What oh. was up with his character in Kingdom Hearts <laughs> 2? Like, it's not a faithful version of. Like, if anything, <laughs> I feel like point, it would actually. Yeah, 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 like I think it, it would have made more sense to try to like have him in the pirates world. Yeah. In a way, like I, I don't know. So I feel like his handling of characters. Like that he didn't design. Um, yeah. It's kind of weird and off a bit. So that's why like BB and stuff and like Setzer kind of like I was like I don't know about this, but yeah, like Cipher, like him kind of being like this bully in a way, that, but also kind of still trying like he will look out for you too, even if he's bullying you at the same time. Yeah, it was really mm-hmm. painful. But um, alright, I think for these next ones we'll probably not touch on as much um is kingdom hearts coded which i know that's cutscenes and um the remasters so i don't know if you have any thoughts on that but i no <laughs> I... yeah me <laughs> me either um i think it's called technically it's kingdom hearts recoded in the re- remasters but i don't have much thoughts I, it's this is to me i guess starting from kingdom hearts coded is i think once they I started deep diving into it's the one with the with the card system within the the combat system, right? Or is it Chain of Memories? That's Chain of Memories. Kingdom Hearts Coded is the one where like okay, you're playing a Thor like in a computer or something. Oh, if yeah, I remember yeah. correctly. Okay, okay. Yeah, he's um, asleep and uh, they're trying to yeah, wake him up. Yeah, or something, and then th- this. Like, paying attention to this game is actually relevant for Kingdom Hearts 3. And so I feel like Kingdom Hearts Coded is when they start, like, introducing the quote-unquote, the term people don't like to use, spinoffs, even though it's not really spinoffs. They're actually really important. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when, like, people start getting confused because not everybody, because this release on the Nintendo DS, everybody can have that. But 
uh, can buy that. So like I never played it at the time. I remember when it I think when it came out, but um so after this, yeah, the second Kingdom Hearts game released on the Nintendo DS, which is Kingdom Hearts 358 and a half days. Okay. This is a game I kind of followed when it was coming out. And so like I've watched some cutscenes and I've read plot summaries, but I've never watched the um the cutscene movies on the remasters because I've also heard people say that apparently that actually leaves out some important scenes apparently Uh, it it um, makes sense because you can't you can't play it in the remaster it's just cutscenes yeah so i guess for that one this is probably like the most this is like the first real major like sequel post kingdom hearts i kind of enjoyed it though watching it Mm -hmm. the characters were pretty pretty cool um did you how do you feel about xion because I, i feel like Xion is a character that people really like, and I find myself, I wouldn't say I dislike her, but to mm-hmm. me, she feels like she exists to be, just well, to be sad. She, she exists, like you said, but I think people like her because of, of her dramatic ending. Uh, baby and that's what I mean, like, I, I feel her, like... It's just, I think that's the only reason, because up until then, it, there, there wasn't much to, you know, work with. Yeah, and that's that's kind of like the vibe I got. So that's why I was like always confused about like the love for her. Not to say people aren't valid for liking her, but it, to me, it just felt like everything about her mm. is made to just make you feel sad. Like from her, like her theme, it's very sad. It's, it's her pretty fate. cool. Yeah, vector to the yeah. Um, yeah, but I think there's like a slow version that's like sad, like sadder or something like that. Uh-huh. Like to me, it, it reminds me of something someone said online that like Nomura seems to like, and it's not just Nomura, it's other people at Square Enix too, seems to like want to recreate Arab's death in games. <laughs> like, <laughs> like That's if you think what about it, like, for, huh? okay. or like if you well, think about try. like, well, I don't, I don't know if they like, I don't think he's, I don't think anybody like as Enix <laughs> has said that, but like if you think about it, like again, she's just female character who like dies and like the male character's arms. And if um, you think about like in Kingdom Hearts 2, they kind of make Nominee and Roxas just a thing because Kari and Sora are a thing, but it feels like after 358 and a half days, mm. like they kind of like the connection Roxas has with Nominee just kind of gets thrown in the trash and. They really kind of make him and Xion kind of like this big deal. And so, I don't know. It's just interesting to think about. Because I, I know, like, um, in Final Fantasy thirteen two, there's, like, Yule where, like, Caius, he, like, um, I think one of her, she, she dies again because she's always dying. But, like, I think in the opening, he, like, places her in the water, how, like, Aerith dies and stuff. Like, they, and there's, like, Luna, where, like, again, she dies in the water. Like, I, I just feel like sometimes I try to recreate that. It's, like, yeah. it, it never works. But anyway, well, the, the one for, you know, Luna and Noctis in the water kind of got me, so. Like, well, it yeah. Was, I, it wasn't well, quite, think... like, Aerith's death, but it was pretty well done. Let's just say that, and even well, if it wasn't I... earned at all. Yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I, I, I'm more saying like how it's set up. Like, you know, like this female character who's really important to like the male character kind of like dies, and it just feels like it always has like similar framing. Um, like, and 
you know, the Luna death scene is is very beautifully done, even though, like you said, it's not earned. But, um, I mean, as far as me, I don't have, like, strong thoughts with 358 and a half days, especially since I never, what do you I think didn't have of, a DS. Of Axel, for example. I, I kind of liked him. The whole... I mean, I feel like Axel is, like, to me, when I played Kingdom Hearts 2, for instance, I never really had strong feelings about him. Like, mm -hmm. like, he was never one of the organization 13 members. I was like, oh, man, I really like him. Like, I didn't dislike him either. And um, I don't know. I, I feel like even now, like, even after playing the game, like, the games that come after this, I still don't have strong feelings about Axel. Mm -hmm. Like, to me, I'm just kind of like, why does he have a Keyblade? But he, he does. So that's, you just got to deal with it. So that that's my feelings about it, you know. <laughs> Um, I, I do, I mean, I'm hoping maybe one day I just sit down and watch all the cutscenes myself. Because like I said back, you know, when these games came out, like I was following them mm. and, you know, I feel like it was kind of like harder to like follow what was happening uh -huh. back then, um, like story wise. And, and I think I kind of slowly got like checked out, um, like, like I said, I, I know what happens in it, but I, I haven't, like, fully watched, like, a movie version of the cutscene. So maybe one day I will. I don't know. I keep I keep that's... telling myself that I want to go back to Kingdom Hearts uh, 2 and 3, at least, and do, you know, side content. But I I never do it. I, mm -hmm. yeah, it's something I should. But... Yeah, I feel like, I feel like unless, like, you really... So I feel like in two, like a lot of the side context, um, side content, excuse me, is either like mini games or like combat Action stuff, the like boss. the Olympus yeah. policy. Yeah, like the Olympus Coliseum. Because one thing, um, the Olympus Coliseum in both games, you can fight Final Fantasy characters. I think in um, in two, in the first one, there's obviously like you you fight Cloud in the story. If I remember correctly, I think when you do like the Colosseum matches, I think there is one fight where you like fight Squall and Cloud together. I could be wrong, but I think you can. And then in two, I know there's like a fight when you're doing like the Colosseum matches where it's Leon and Yuffie. I don't, I don't know if it's Cloud or Tifa with them, but I, I know there's one fight for sure where it's definitely Leon and Yuffie. So that I know they also include like you know, I don't know it's not just Sephiroth. It's like optional like fights. Um, he's like the biggest of like um, optional fights, but there's like some other cool stuff too. And I know with the remasters, it's also the final mix version. So there's mm -hmm. like bonus fights and stuff too as well. Maybe one day. One day. Oh, yeah. And speaking, bonus bonus fights. You know, Hearts 2, Final Mix, has a boss fight with a character. <laughs> and he's one of the armored characters in the secret ending in Kingdom Hearts 2. And you know, there was a lot of speculation about him. All we knew was that he really hated Xehanort. <laughs> and he thought you were Xehanort, which is why he fights you. And we eventually learned who this character is, why his armor is so pissed off. Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep, which comes out in 2010. 
Um, and honestly, actually looking for the dates of these, it's kind of, this is still in like, you know, Square Enix didn't do like worldwide releases. Uh -huh. Game came out in Japan in January, and it didn't come out in North America until like September. So that was a really large gap in time. Yeah. But um, it's yeah. Like so Bird by Sleep at the time, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Bird by Sleep. This is a game that I remember. Like it was there was a lot of hype for. Mm -hmm. You know, again, like, like honestly, Bird by Sleep is a game that should have been on the PS2. And I think if I remember the story right, I think it was supposed to. But this is during the they wanted like the dark ages. Yeah, they wanted to sell the the PSP at the time or something. Well, I I don't even think it was that. I mean, it could have been a push, but this was during the dark ages. You know, Square yes. Enix, where yeah. there's no versus, um, and stupid. If I remember correctly, all over the place. It, and well, I think they literally, I don't think, I think they literally didn't have the resources to make it a PS2 game. And I think that's why yeah. it's a PSP game. I think, I think that's like one of the to biggest be one, reasons. One of the best PSP games as well. It's pretty well optimized. Well, that's the thing is that, again, I didn't play this at release, but that was something I always heard over the years. And one thing I always heard was Aqua is the best. A you know, female Kingdom Hearts character, like she can fight, she can do all that. Mm -hmm. And then I played this game for the first time, you know, when the remasters came out. And I remember thinking, this is it? <laughs> like, this <laughs> no. is what people have been hyping out, uh, hyping up for like years. And um, I think it's very, it's, and this is a common thing that I've also seen with other people too, who like when the remaster came out and more people got to experience this game, people are like, this is what people have been hyping up. And I, and I kind of feel like a lot of maybe like the diehard Kingdom Hearts fans who could like afford it or people uh -huh. who, you know, could have a PSP and stuff. We're like hyping this game up. And I also think you see this as crisis for because I think I've seen recently people have been like type zero playing. Oh, ty oh, type zero is definitely another one. Like only a limited amount of people played it or hyping it up. Yes, and Crisis Core is another game where like I've seen people recently go back and be like, "Why is this so hyped up?" And so that's why I'm, I'm very interested if Crisis Core does get a remaster because I, I know a lot of people love like Zack mm -hmm. and Aerith together and like they have this huge love story. And then I've seen people be like, oh, they only have like three scenes together. Like what? <laughs> or, you know, like it's not as a big as a deal as people make it. So mm. it's so it's it's interesting how perceptions work. But um, I guess what was your, did you actually play Birth by Sleep yes. with the remasters? It's, okay. It's one of the only one I played. It was mm -hmm. okay, I guess. I mm -hmm. didn't play all three paths. I think I only played you know, uh, the 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 one with Aqua. I think that there's. But there's you play a... you play like the last one. She's she's like the one that like the canon story. You're supposed to play her last. I should, but, but I, you know, you mean I shouldn't have? Because there's a like so when you start the game and you like it tells you to choose your character. It starts with Terra. Because he's technically the one you're supposed to start with. Like, in this, it's like that's the thing is that, like, their stories aren't the same. And you're supposed to play all three 
Again. Yeah, I didn't. Did you miss? I'm sorry. I did. I... No, no, it's not a big deal. I was just saying. I guess my question would just be like, did you watch the cutscenes of the other two, or? I don't remember. <laughs> I think that's a joke. I suck. I suck so much. Yeah. That's why I was gonna say, go to QRC. That's probably why you're confused. <laughs> it's not a big deal, but I like, do, I, I do feel like I may have people... watched it. I actually, maybe because I, it's isn't it at the end where there's the fight with all of them and, uh, you know, the uh, in the cemetery or something, the graveyard. Well, there is, there is, but you play different parts of that so like if you play aqua you don't know what happens to tira yeah because you didn't play his thing so you know like i probably him, i probably watched everything i, I just don't, don't okay well anything. i have a question so in kingdom hearts 3 you know when you're you finally get aqua and you find ventus do you mm -hmm. know why he's there sleeping yeah i think uh he he was possessed at some point by Xanord or something. No, that's not why. So you no, so that that's you got to play his story to know. <laughs> Look, I yeah. Is is it, is it really is it really that important? Like no, I, like just I, sleeping, I think birth, bro. He, he like birth by no, like well, no. I I think birth by sleep. Yeah. I think is more important going into kingdom hearts 3 than kingdom hearts 2 which is insane but yeah i mean i think you can obviously still play the game like i think playing it. playing everything like that and watching everything like that well, back to back I, okay. was a terrible okay. decision <laughs> okay so that, that's the problem i've played i've played these so let me do a rapid fire what goes down in birth by sleep so with okay. tira Tara's a moron. I'm sorry if anybody's listening. Yeah, that, that like I him. remember. Okay. That, yeah, he's dumb. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so basically, um, you have this story where um, he gets played. Tara and Aqua. Yeah, he gets. He, he has a more straightforward story, but and I feel like to me, like Xander is obviously evil, but they all trust him for some reason. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like his each basically every world with him is him kind of making things worse. And usually helping the villain who's like obviously evil and then he ends up um xehanort tricks him into making him think that um xehanort basically tricks him one last time where um their master uh Reikis is about to um kind of like put down ben he makes him fight Ericus, right yeah and so they, he See, kills I his remember. master. I yeah, it kills. He kills his master. No, um, and they. I think that's when you go to like the Keyblade graveyard and you fight Xehanort. Mm -hmm. And when you beat up Xehanort. He stabs himself with his own Keyblade, and he releases. He releases his heart, and then he possesses uh, Terra. So that's okay. how you get like Terranort or like the Xehanort, like the Xehanort body. That eventually becomes Ansem and Zem Zemnis. It's technically Terra's body that's possessed okay. by Xehanort. Okay. <laughs> and so, <laughs> but when he does that, and then like I remember when he does that, he gives like this speech that like Ansem, Seeker of Darkness, gives. And, like, I know someone who's going to have a hard time listening to this episode. <laughs> 
I can't yes, picture him. Yes, he will. And so when Tarek is possessed, however, his armor, I guess, still has, like, his will. And so then you fight Xehanort. Um, and so that's how, like, Xehanort um, ends up getting... Okay. Like, he gets sucked into darkness or some shit. And that's basically how Xehanort loses his memories. Okay. And then... Um, so with Vin's story, basically you find out that Vin... Like, Xanor's whole thing in, like, Birth by Sleep is that he's trying to, like, restart the Keyblade War and, like, summon Kingdom Hearts. And he's trying to get, like, the Chiblade. Um, but to get the Chiblade, I think you need, like, a pure heart of light and, like, a pure heart of darkness. So he takes, like, before the story starts... So you don't find this out until, like, later in the story. But, like, before the story starts, I guess, like, Ventus was, like, his apprentice or something. And he basically, like, fractures his heart and then that's how um, Venatus is created. And Venatus is like a heart of like pure darkness or whatever. And then like Ventus is kind of like out of it. And I don't remember, again, I played these games years ago. So I didn't, again, I can't go into the exact details, but somewhere along the line, Ventus's heart connects with like Sora's when like Sora's a child. Okay. And then Sora's like I think I think it's like after his heart gets fractured, and Sora is like, "You can stay in my heart or whatever." And so oh, yeah. that's okay. why that's how it starts. So that's why, and that's why Venetius like um because you you don't see Venetius's face until the end of like Venetius's um, story when you're about to fight him, yeah. and he looks like Sora like that was supposed to be like a big deal and like. That's why he looks like Sora, because like Vinayat, I guess part of Vinayat's heart was like within Sora, and then that's also why Roxas looks just like Vin, because Vince's heart was like inside of Sora. So yeah, um, yeah. And so then Vinayatus and Vince's fight, and Vinayatus loses, but doing that. I guess because they're, they're like two halves in a hole. So I think like Ventus ends up going into, into a coma because mm-hmm. again, like I think his heart is like all messed up or whatever. And then um, Aqua's story is kind of just her really kind of fixing the other's mess. And so at the very end of hers, I think like basically this Venetus and Ventus are like two halves of a hole. And Ventus' story at the end He's like fighting Venetus in his heart. Mm. Meanwhile, I think Venetus is like possessing Ventus's body. So this is what you played is that when in Aqua's story, she is fighting like Ventus, I think possessed by like Venetus, if mm. I'm remembering it correctly. And then you know they beat so like they're fighting each other like internally, externally. They both beat him. And then I think in Aqua's story. You know, since their master has died, she's like the headmaster now. And so, what she does, I think he tells her, like, if she their world is ever like. Or something. Or. Say that again? She goes into, uh, into some place and then we find out what happens to her in 0.2, right? Something well, before like that. that, is that they end up tying Chain of Memories. So, like, the place Chain of Memories. Is like I forget what the place is called that it takes place in, but she basically creates that place. So like the world that like they were 
training in to sit like I think it like ends up like getting surrounded by darkness or something. So like as a as a Keyblade master, she does something to like protect it. And she puts like Vin's body like while he's like in a coma mm-hmm. in that place. Okay. And then she does some Keyblade thing and then it turns into like the place that's in Chain of Memories. I just can't remember what it's called. And then I think later that's when she finds like Terranor and she's like, she thinks it's Terranor, but then realizes like, oh, like something's wrong. They fight. And then when Terra's his body is about to like get sucked into the darkness, she saves him, mm-hmm. but then she ends up stranded in the darkness as well. And so Terranor is eventually found by like Anson the Wise and like all those people. And then he doesn't have any memories. So that's how he ends up. It basically is setting up like how he ends up there and like Radiant Guardian. So all the events can happen there that leads to Kingdom Hearts 1. So right. that's birth by sleep. <laughs> yeah. It's like a messy explanation. So <laughs> I mean, I kind of right. I kind of remember uh, some of the words you just said. <laughs> you just uh, said <laughs> you're like probably checked out like halfway through me explaining I, all that. No. <laughs> No, someone else will while listening to this, not me, though. (laughs) But yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like there's a lot of, like, key things in this game. It's, like, set up. Like, this game, the next game, um, there's a lot of key things that Mm. kind of, like, I feel like are important. Or Kingdom Hearts 3 that are, like, way more important than, like, Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. But anyway, speaking of the next game, we have Kingdom Hearts 3D Dream Drop Distance, otherwise oh. the game that's kind of known. This is kind of a game I think a lot of people feel like Kingdom Hearts jumped the shark. Where like a lot of people, even hardcore people, are kind of like, this is too much. Because it Story introduces wise, time travel. This, this is when it got bad? Oh god. Well, I think you gotta <laughs> remember, maybe not everybody, like before this point, the, rem- the remasters hadn't come out. So not, so not everybody has like played these games to experience yeah. like the craziness they might just be reading summaries or trying to watch videos and stuff if they can um and dream drop distance is kind of like the game or yeah like i i remember i got this game because i i i got a 3ds like i think when i graduated high school like right before i started college and um i was like oh i can pl- I can finally play a Kingdom Hearts sequel now that I have like a handheld, but I never finished playing it. Um, I ended up, I, I did play it in full later with the remaster, but yeah, it's um, it's a game that's kind of weird and is it the exists. one? Is it the one with the the world ends with you characters? Yes, it's the okay. one where you play as like you switch between Riku and Sora, or you drop. Okay. In quotations between them so did you did you play this i think no. it's i think it was released with 2.8 so no okay. yeah no no just so then, uh i and i really don't remember much from the the cutscenes. uh okay is it is how relevant is it to you know everything else um i mean i, I think it's the game that kind of sets the stage for kingdom hearts 3 because what happens in it is that, you know, Sora and Riku. 
Well, he doesn't lose anything. It's just that um, in him and him, basically, and, uh, I keep saying him, I meant Riku and Sora, they're both taking a mark of mastery exam. Mm-hmm. So that's what this whole game is, is their exam. Okay, yeah, and then I'm, eventually... Okay. Yeah, and then eventually in Sora's story, he's being visited by, like, young Xehanort, and you find out that, like, he apparently has been marked by them, and I think they're going to try to, like, possess him to make them, like, the 13th member, if I remember correctly, of their organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think an important context with this game is that I think it's kind of similar to Birth by Sleep in terms of, like, I wouldn't say... I don't know if Kingdom Hearts, I don't think Birth by Sleep had development troubles. I, I don't know if it's, but we know that this is, is justifiable because I, I don't, I don't know if they tried to like actually build that game on the PS2, but then switch to PSP. Mm. I don't know about that, but I know for Dream Drops Distance, this game did have development trouble because originally from my understanding was that Riku was supposed to be the only playable character. Like it wasn't supposed to be like a two story thing. Okay. Um, and I, I think some of like maybe the weirdness about this game could probably be explained by that. But yeah, so um, like I was saying, Sora basically ends up failing, I guess, his Mark of Bastery exam, even though like it's not really his fault because it's like, well, how was he supposed to know like the villains were gonna like mark him with like an X symbol and try to possess him, and yeah. um. Riku ends up saving him and you like like the big final boss of fight of this is fighting young Xehanort who like I think it was harder in like the 3DS version than in the remaster but since he time travels there's like a time mechanic in the boss fight where like I think when he gets to a certain health he'll like rewind time get like health back or something like that I don't know but um he has a lit boss team though uh (laughs) and so um I think that happens. I think this is also the game where, like, you find out, like, Axel, or I guess Leia and the others have been, like, revived. Like, he um, appears in this. And I think that's what, I think he gets the Keyblade of, Axel gets the Keyblade at the end of this game as well. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have much to say about this game. It's just, it exists. So. It's not, it's not really a fan favorite, like you said. It's, uh, Mm-mm. Ready. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, it's just, I don't know. It's like they explain time travel, and it's, like, weird, and I, I don't even want to try to remember what the rules That's were, That was but... the last thing Kingdom Hearts needed, time travel. Time travel, yeah. All right, so moving on. This is when we start getting to the remasters, so we can skip over that. Mm-hmm. And this is where... <laughs> The next game after Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 Remix, I think the next game here, I think is the biggest problem in the series right now. Uh, and where things start to go wrong okay. is that we, um, we get Kingdom Hearts Chi. Because that was a web browser game. Then Wait, they that, end up doing... That was before 0.2? Yeah. Yeah. Well, zero point two is like packaged with the final remaster, so yes. Yeah. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then, Kingdom Hearts G started off as a browser game, but I think that died, and then 
Then they did like the Kingdom Hearts Unchained Chi, which is the mobile games. And this is kind of, I think, the biggest problem with the series yeah. is that with Kingdom Hearts 3, to basically understand some very key points in that game, yeah. you had to play this mobile game. And a lot of people didn't. <laughs> so certainly, so I don't, certainly didn't. Yeah. And uh, they did release. Um, I guess we could just tie this into uh, Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue, which combines the, again. This is yeah the the HD uh, remaster, Dream Drop Distance, includes uh, a fragment. Terry Passage, which is 0 0.2, which yeah. is where you play as Aqua, and then Back Cover, which I feel like is not nearly enough. That, like, I, I watched Back Cover, and I thought it was interesting. Like, I, I, I like the Master of Masters, mm -hmm. um, but I, I feel like this Back Cover thing did not, like, prepare people who didn't play the mobile games for Kingdom Hearts 3. And now, Kimash, like he, he basically set up an entire new arc of the series in a mobile game. Yeah. That that in a gotcha mini game, a gotcha mobile game at that. And they, and apparently they, they her, keep doing it, and they're gonna keep doing it. Yeah, they're gonna keep going, and they're and apparently the story also for this mobile game was like drip fed. So that was another reason people found it difficult to play it was because like. I think in Japan, they would get story stuff first. Either people had to translate it or you had to wait for like the mm -hmm. English version yeah. to come out. So um, I, don't, I don't know. Like I feel like the mobile game within itself is super complicated. Like there, I know there's like cutscenes for it. It's like apparently long, like a, a playlist you can find with like all the story stuff. I'm not going to try to get into it and explain it, <laughs> but um okay. Yeah, so I mean, you, unless, you, you watch them. You watch everything. No, I, I have not. Like, I, I, I watched back cover, and I've also like paid attention to people who have watched it, or I've seen conversations about it. So, like, I know bits and pieces of what's mm -hmm. going on in the mobile game, but I've never sat down and watched like yeah. all the cutscenes in it. It's a bummer because I know which part of Kingdom Hearts three. Uh, it's uh, it's this mobile mobile game is related to, and it's a really cool part of Kingdom Hearts three three. So mm, yeah, I, I, know what you're I I would really have liked to be you know uh, more informed about this. So I maybe I I would have had an even better experience, but it was still pretty awesome part in Kingdom Hearts three. Yeah, and let's just jump into Kingdom Hearts three, which was released yeah. twenty nineteen. Um, after, you know, a long wait after Kingdom Hearts 2. And I, I kind of feel like this is a game where I kind of feel like either told you whether you're going to stick with Kingdom Hearts or not, like whether it's a series for you. Because um, I, I feel like one of the main issues of this game is that it's supposed to be like this finale mm -hmm. or like yeah. this arc people have been following for like at this point, yeah, like it was almost 20 years, and I kind of feel like he, Nomura, was so focused on trying to set up 
this new arc, which is, I guess, the Lost Masters arc, at the Dark Seeker arc, which is referring to Xehanort, mm-hmm. felt kind of rushed in a way. Um, yeah. And yeah, I feel like I kinda, the status. I kind of see everything, you know, appear right at the end. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, exactly. Felt like that. Whereas, yeah, whereas, like, I feel like the other games were kind of paced better or. You know, there was usually always a moment where you return to the main hub town. Like, for instance, you know, what we talked about earlier, where there's, like, the whole, like, the 1,000 Heartless fight, where you, you return to Hollow Bastion in the middle of the game, and you kind of have this big event thing, and I feel like there's nothing like that for Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, you, you, don't, you, you don't even go to, um, I guess now it's Radiant Guardian, and then there's Twilight Town, but it's really small, and I, I think... Kingdom Hearts, I think Kingdom Hearts 3 is a game that clearly suffered for development problems. I feel like nobody talks about it. Like, whereas, like, you know, with Final Fantasy 15, you know, every, that was the thing. Everybody talks about, like, the development issues and what mm-hmm. got caught, got cut, what's in and what's in it isn't out the game. Whereas, I feel like with Kingdom Hearts 3, you can kind of very clearly see that there's things that, like, was rushed or was cut because we know that they're working on a Leon or Squall model be in the game, but then they stopped. And then even at the end of the game, uh, Scala at Callum? I don't know, it's like Latin. Like the last world of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's, there was like a closed event. I think, oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. It was supposed to be explorable in the main game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, like there was a closed event where they had showed footage of that before release. And Hmm. then, um, there's, there's also, I believe, yeah, there's also some data mine content, I think, showing that, I think Sora was supposed to be able to, like, explore the inside of the buildings, and I think you would be able to see, like, Xehanort's memories or something like that, mm. um, so there were supposed to be things you would see there, um, so, I, I don't know, I guess, what is, this, this was the game that you, you went through this entire series, Play this game. So what did you think about it, Jill, once you finally had it in your hands? Like I said, I ve- I look for very specific things when I play in New Hearts, <laughs> and I got them out of this game. A very solid combat mm-hmm. system with a ton of variety and uh, Disney worlds and worlds in general that I really adored. Uh, on top of that, mm-hmm. you know, again, the music was phenomenal uh so yeah uh uh again i know as as a whole what what is happening in the story i just when they start talking specifics and who's 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 nobody and who's who is coming back and why i tune out i'm this this is not why i play the game and it's really not uh a problem for me you know i, I still get mm-hmm. a ton of enjoyment without uh w- while not being interested by the story and mm-hmm. that was the same for three like uh, the the scene that i was talking about with uh all these m- characters from the mobile games that show up and make this giant beam and help sora that was a really really cool moment and i like i said i didn't have to have any background to be able to enjoy that part so yeah so just to interject um quickly yeah do you know what those keyblades that show up represented 
Okay, let, let I'm I'm gonna try. Okay, don't don't make fun <laughs> of me. Uh, well, this is just something I would expect you to know. I, I was just curious. Okay, uh, so uh, these were the old uh, Keyblade wielders uh, from the mobile game. That that that, that the, the, the one technical way. Yes. Yes. Um, it's because... there, the the people who played the game actually. That's, uh, that's yes, because so, um, I, I think they had like a thing for players who play at the game i think they could like sign up or something I, yeah. I don't know how it worked but i think i think there was a thing like a community thing where they're like oh you can yeah, i don't so know if they like told them they could so be included that's definitely in three but a cool yeah. idea it's just mm -hmm. yeah you know it, it would have been better if everyone was included in in, in that yeah. at least you know the the idea of what was going on not yeah i guess um because I, I think one of the issues going into Kingdom Hearts is that, you know, they started making all these like kind of like spin-off. Well, I wouldn't say spin-offs, but like games that weren't on like main consoles in between two or three during like this dark age period, where you know like they didn't. Square Enix was figuring themselves out, trying to get them themselves back on track after like you know, mm -hmm. uh, Final Fantasy fourteen 1.0, all yeah. that, and. I guess I'm curious, do you think, like, would it have been better to just wrap up Kingdom Hearts 3, just focus on this arc, wrap it up, and then maybe you can hint at, like, this new arc that's coming, and then maybe everything that's the mobile game could have been, like, the next... It didn't have to be Kingdom Hearts 4, but it could have been, like, Kingdom Hearts T or something like that, like, have that in like a an actual console game that everybody can play. Like maybe you create your own character and it's it's still the same vibe as the mobile game and then you experience the story like that yeah. instead of what we have now. Yeah, yeah, that definitely I think it it would have been better for everybody and uh that way at least they could have, you know, had a new crowd of people who come in mm -hmm. with a fresh new arc and you that way they could have gotten uh, i think a bigger audience for if they had started you know a fresh story because i mean i'm we're gonna get there and talk about kingdom hearts 4 uh but i feel like it's still not what they're doing i think here. we can now we cannot we can just mix it in because i feel like that's what i've been doing like once we start kind of like yeah Missing in the next title, I kind of just transition into it because I think at this point, yeah, like we are at a conversation where like the next arc that's coming up is basically built off the mobile game, and the ending of Kingdom Hearts three. Mm -hmm. Um, and so yeah, continue with what you were saying because I think you were gonna say what I was gonna say anyway. So, uh, that I you know I would have. I wanted to expect from the next entry a clean slate, you know, a new story. Uh, but I, it doesn't look like it's heading this way. Um, there's a lot of, you know, I, there's a character that shows up in the trailer that's from Kingdom Hearts 3, I think, or from the mobile game. Uh, uh, for Kingdom Hearts 4? Yeah. Yeah, I guess um, I can also just, for listeners... I'll like just explain what happens. I'm sure you watched the trailer, but just in case you haven't or you've forgotten all the details, 
basically the trailer kind of just there's a narrator which again it's more mobile game stuff that Namora says is, is someone we know but I feel like he's very speaking to like I feel like he's kind of just ignoring that like there's a lot of people who just haven't experienced a mobile game or they, I, I'm sure there's people who don't even know there's a mobile game honestly like there's a lot of casual games like my my brother's girlfriend for instance I asked her if she had watched the trailer for Kingdom Hearts 4 she just had this look on her face of like she was just over it and I, I think there's a lot more people out there than people think you know um that they played the main console games and they kind of just thought like okay i played one i played two i played three and then now there's all this other stuff that like they don't understand but anyway so um there's this narrator who apparently is from the mobile game that we're supposed mm -hmm. to know but if you haven't played the mobile games it's kind of like a fuck you thing i guess um <laughs> Because <laughs> that's how it feels like, <laughs> um, and he's narrating, and it's kind of like crypt, usual cryptic Kingdom Hearts talk, and it shows Sora who is in this very realistic style. Um, it's kind of more how Final Fantasy looks, mm -hmm. and um, this girl. I honestly I don't even know how to pronounce her name. It's like Sterilia. Something like that. Or, I don't know. She's Mar um, Marlucia's little sister. Because, again, I, I didn't want to dive too deep into, like, the mobile game. But that's another thing that's revealed is that mm. some of the organization members are actually from, like, a long time ago. Um, so, yeah. Mm. Um, so she's Mar Marlucia's little sister. That She was she was murdered in the game. And um, oh, so her and Sora... Yeah, like that that's like a mystery, I think, in like the mobile game is like who killed her. Um like I guess there's like a traitor yeah. in their group. Um and that's what I'm saying, like this would be better in like a an actual world like a main game, but you know, it is what it is. Um and if anything, I feel like they should remake this story. They they that's what they should have done. I feel like instead of Kingdom Hearts Four, they should have been like, We're gonna do like Kingdom Hearts Chi we've remade this game that is like playable but mm. whatever so anyway um Sora wakes up and she's kind of like explaining how they're in the afterlife um and i guess like this giant it doesn't it looks like a different type of like dark side um design but it kind of just goes into like gameplay stuff um it's not really heavy on the details but it just basically it basically announces that this is the lost uh, master's art. Yeah, it's King Arts four, and then you kind of see. I think the master, um, a master's a little bit, but that's kind of the trailer. It doesn't really mm. dive into like story that much, and it, we got a hint that Star Wars might be a world in this. Yes, so that. and there was a <laughs> gameplay section, which which was surprising. Yeah, which I mean, I kind of yeah. Um, I guess another thing to mention is that. The trailer is running on Unreal Engine 4. Yep. But they said that the final game will be run on Unreal Engine 5. That's so. exciting. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, um, I guess what were we saying before? I, I guess basically you're talking about how like you wanted them to reset the story, but it doesn't. Yeah, it's seem not. Like it's not going to happen. I first of all, I I want to say that. I I think I've already mentioned this when you know we saw the leak. Uh, the, mm -hmm. the NVIDIA League that I never would have thought that the next Kingdom Hearts mm -hmm. would be a mainline entry. I, I thought I it would be a spinoff for sure. And 
you know, it was a clown prediction, but uh, here we are. Uh, well, an interesting thing um, off of that was yeah. that Namora said after it was announced yes. that yes. he was debating whether True. to do four or to do Varum Rex. Yes. And he said that the team internally still calls Kingdom Hearts for Varum Rex. So I, I just thought that was really interesting because yeah. it implies that like he wanted to do a, like a kind of like in between game. Yeah. That in, in between game is now just Kingdom Hearts Four, mm -hmm. and I'm wondering if like will they still try? Like will he still try to make like a more Varum Rex centric game, or is this just? Kind I think of it, it that what know. it's implied there. I think if it's not already happening it's gonna happen at some point if he wants mm -hmm. to do it he'll do it yeah but um but I, I i agree with you i i feel like to me if the mobile game had never happened and kingdom hearts 3 was more structured around like resolving the, the xehanort plot and mm -hmm. having more of the things people wanted like honestly, from I didn't play Remind. And that's something I forgot to mention. Apparently, you did, correct? Remind, yeah, yeah. Okay, and from my understanding, Remind kind of has like the ending, the things included in the ending. People kind of expect it to be in the main ending. It's added, uh, you know, versus bullshit. From <laughs> it's more versus <laughs> bullshit. Uh, on top of what was already in the main game, yeah. Well, I, well, I didn't even mean like the your uh, Zora stuff. I meant more of like how you can play as Kyrie. Yeah, and, like, yeah. All the, the extra, the yeah. Explorable yeah. Uh, Skylight Kylum and uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know a final fight that's that's really really kind of epic. More it, it it includes everyone as it should have in the in the main game like i'm not gonna exactly. i'm not gonna get into that you you already i think talked about this enough that a lot of these uh, things should have been in the main game just like in in 15 mm -hmm. and uh kingdom hearts 3 uh deservedly so doesn't get enough uh you know slack for for this you're completely right mm -hmm. uh yeah uh, especially, you know, with a price point of Remind, which was like 30 bucks at the time. 30. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we talked about this. Uh, but again, and like, that's the thing, like, yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm just, you know, I'm saying that uh, despite all of that, I enjoyed it a lot. It was pretty, mm -hmm. pretty good. Yeah, because yeah. I, I feel like to me, I think they should have split Remind, maybe to do like, I think Remind, maybe like, it should have been split for like one part that's like the things that happen in the Keyblade graveyard and afterwards mm -hmm. stuff that happens in the main game I think should have been titled like a final mix DLC or something and yeah. that's like $10, $15 I think more people would have in on that and then like the whole data boss stuff and like the, the Azora stuff could have been its mm. own thing because I, I not everybody wants to do that i did like I, I think the, yeah completely right exactly <laughs> yeah um and I, I think that's what what where the high price comes from yeah. because and again like I'm, also even if they're not usually uh hugely present the gating the the final fantasy portion of the game behind remind as well oh yeah i forgot about that yeah yeah, and, yeah they're gated which behind was a that. bummer it's, it was one of the you know those uh, 
one of my a bummer for me that they weren't in the main game. It's it's cool that they are in Remind, but we don't really see that run that much of them. It's yeah. Really... Yeah, just, I feel like they're kind of just thrown in people yeah, because people complain. Because people wanted them, so yeah, you go have your mm -hmm. fine fancy characters. There you go. Yeah. And um, so yeah, I, I definitely because that, that's really the only reason I haven't experienced all that stuff is because I don't want to drop thirty dollars <laughs> on it. And I, I'm also yeah. kind of surprised that like Kingdom Hearts three hasn't gotten like a repackage like Integrate or like the Royal Edition of fifteen that includes Remind. Like to me, that feels kind of weird, but I don't mm -hmm. know. Um, but yeah, and so yeah, like I. I in terms of resetting the story, in my opinion, I think if like they had just focused on Kingdom Hearts 3 wrapping one saga up, and let's say it had the same ending with Sora disappearing, I think it could have been cool to like be, you know, everybody's like, what's gonna happen with Sora? And then the next game is like a prequel that takes like, I don't know, 100,000 years, and it's going over like these lost masters. And you're slowly building up this new art mm -hmm. so that Kingdom Hearts 4 kind of like is, oh, like this, you, you finally are getting to see how this all ties together. I, I think that would have been like a cool way to do it, but it's also like development takes time. So it's like, as much as I hate the mobile game stuff, I also trying to think realistically, like, all right. You know, would we have to t wait like four or five years for this one game to come out to explain all this stuff in the mobile game? You know, if the mobile game didn't exist, would it even be able to explain all that in one game? Like, would it have to be two or something? And there's and a new mobile game as well. Like, they they keep doing this. They announce a new mobile game that yeah looks better than <laughs> usual but it's still a mobile game i'm not gonna touch it and it's you can bet it's gonna be important for the story it's gonna be important it's gonna be important <laughs> it's gonna be important because i mean yeah. uh, that's another thing i forgot to because again i was trying to avoid talking about too deeply about the mobile game but a major important Always thing that good. was yeah was uh, i will say about the mobile game that was revealed was that the player character and the the cheat unchanged here or whatever is like mm. reincarnated into like Xehanort or something. Like they're tied together. So that's how like deep all this goes. It's like to understand that like Xehanort or has like the same heart or whatever as like you know like this other like your player character. Okay. Like it's just it's just so it's just it's just insane, man. And yeah. I, I just feel like. I, I feel like Square Enix kind of like gives Namora like free reign, like do whatever he like, wants. Do they, or is it their idea? I'm not sure at this point. I'm not. No, I, I feel like the mobile game stuff. There's no way. Like I, I think Square Enix probably signs off on it because it's a mobile game, and it like probably because because like Dark Road, like that game got canceled. Like it's ending earlier. Yeah, then I think they anticipated, and that's probably because it wasn't making money. So Square Enix was like, maybe, "Nah, like maybe Nomura just, you know, as always, because he's he's mm -hmm. wanted that since the first, uh, after the first one release, he always wanted spinoffs, and the only uh, way he was going to have his spinoffs is through mobile games. Maybe it's a budget." And thing. I, I, I feel like, I well, I, I definitely think it's to me. I feel like he got bored of like. Xehanort and like this story arc 
Because again, like he's been telling the story. For, like at that point, when this Volvo game came out, it was like 2013. Mm-hmm. Again, he's been like telling the story of like, Xander for like 10 plus years at this point. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like he sounds like, like he's a highly creative person. And it kind of sounds like he has all these ideas in his head. Because I, I remember with Versus, Versus, he was talking about, oh, this isn't going to be just one game. It's going to be, like, multiple games. And you're kind of seeing that with the remake, too, of, like, you know, it's not it's a sequel. It's not a remake. And we're going to have multiple games, and we're doing that. And it mm-hmm. kind of just seems like, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I think Kingdom Hearts is kind of the series where, like, he gets to run wild the most, um, as long as he's making money. <laughs> um, and... I mean, it's a mobile yeah, game. It's, it's gonna make money for sure. Gacha mobile mm-hmm. games. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I think that's where we are. So, so yeah. that's Kingdom Hearts and um, Kingdom Hearts Four. It looks like um, you know, Sora is in uh, Quadratum, which is like a world that's kind of like it's a a world based on I believe it's on based on fiction, but it also looks very much like the real world as well. So I'm kind of, um, and Amor also said that like the Shibuya we see in Kingdom Hearts 4 doesn't tie into The World Ends With You mm-hmm. or Stranger of Paradise, which I didn't even know Shibuya appears in Stranger of Paradise, but That's, apparently it that, does. That got spoiled to me, but I, I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, like to be like, I, I didn't know about that either. So I, I mean, I, I don't know if that was like the opening of the game or something. Maybe it shows or the ending. Maybe. But any, oh, true, true, true. Um, and so I, I am curious with that element of like, you know, there. I know a lot of people when they saw like Shibuya, they were thinking, oh, you know, the world ends with you characters, and Namora kind of just shut that down unless he's lying. It's um, versus stuff, yeah. Yeah, and well, that's the thing. Like he kind of made it seem like the name of Star. Might not appear. <laughs> I mean, again, maybe it's like Namora and he's like BSing, but yeah. I don't know. Like some some of the stuff he said in interviews is kind of like weird. Or I mean, it he doesn't can, can go ahead and you know include as much versus things as he wants. Like it's, I think Kingdom Hearts is the perfect place to do that type of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. If he wants to, you know, to take it out of his system. Well, yeah, I guess I was just curious. Is like you know, quadratum obviously means square. But I was, I was thinking this was a place where we would get more square outside of Phantom Fantasy, mm-hmm. like square cameos. But like the fact that he kind of already shut down the world ends with you. It kind of, I guess I'm just curious what the direction for that world is going to be. But I don't know. Those are kind of just my final thoughts on the trailer. Yeah. I don't know if you have anything else to add. Um. Well. Maybe, you know, what what kind of worlds would you want to see, for example? Um, I mean, to Final me, it's not really world, about the... For example, this time, finally. Well, I always thought it was weird they never really tried to do that. Yeah. Um, I still don't think they will, but um, it would be cool if they did. But I think for me, I'm more... It's not about the worlds themselves. It's about how they're used. Because mm-hmm. I remember when Kingdom Hearts 3 was coming out, a lot of people were like excited, like, oh, we're getting these big open worlds. Like, We're not going to have these empty corridors. I'm like, well, they could just create a big empty world. And I kind of feel like that's the worlds in Kingdom Hearts 3 were kind of like that. Like They were mm-hmm. kind of just big. And 
I never had like a real desire to explore. Like in the old games, I would, you know, try to 100% everything, get the chest, and I would try to get the chest and stuff in like Kingdom Hearts 3, but I just never went back to like try to 100% the game. Like, like I technically never beat Kingdom Hearts 3 myself. Like level design isn't like I, really the the game's high point, let's say. Yeah. So I, I think that's something. I think they need to create areas that are interesting to explore. And I also feel like there's an issue, it seems, that, like, I mean, I guess with Kingdom Hearts 1, the Disney worlds aren't weren't as old as, like, they weren't old then when, like, really thinking about it. But um, mm. I feel like now, though, it seems like with some of these current Disney IPs, Disney seems to be more controlling of them. Maybe. And I also feel like with Kingdom Hearts success, you're kind of getting more Disney collaboration because that was the issue with the Frozen World 3 that I think it's kind of an open secret. And I think Namora might even said it, that like Disney was very controlling about that world. And I think a lot of their ideas that they wanted to do got scrapped. Like we were supposed to explore Elsa. Like I think Elsa was supposed to be a boss fight. And that I think Disney never was like, happening. <laughs> yeah, or I think it, like because because I mean the game because I feel like it's the only explanation of like you know yeah. you there's like that random like ice maze and it's like well, well yeah, you would think right. you're you're supposed to I think the idea was you're you're like you explore her palace and then there's like the weird thing of like you could see her palace. Like they like I think at the end like all the characters are there, but you can never go into it. And so I definitely feel like I think she was supposed to be the the boss fight or something. And then you know you would get the whole like no Elsa like we love you and like everything. But she gets to sing instead. So yeah, (laughs) Um, and and so I, I that's one of my concerns like for the future of the series is that like you know let's say. I mean, I think Disney handles seems to be really sensitive about Frozen, so maybe it won't apply to like other movies. But like, if we got Moana, they'd be like really mm-hmm. controlling about that. Uh-huh. If we got Coco, you know, like what would they do? So yeah. that's kind of my concern. You're just um, listing my list now, okay? Well, yeah, like I, <laughs> I, I, I feel like they're kind of limit. Like unless they started to go back to like older movies, which I, I do think they should do. Like mm. in my opinion, I also think they should revisit worlds like, like they should reuse worlds that were in the side games that yeah. um like cinderella you know like yeah like those worlds that we never really got to see in like the full glory or like the hunchback of notre dame and things like that like i, I think um i also would like to see you know i i'm not like a personal fan of treasure planet and like atlantis but i personally would really would like to cool. see a treasure planet yeah, yeah. I, I would want to see a treasure planet world because I think that would be cool from like a design standpoint. Yeah. Um, I want to see Princess and the Frog, even though I'm not in love with the movie, but I also yeah. think like, come on, like throw in some black people for me. So, <laughs> so you know, um, and you know, like uh, I think, I think this this series just needs to kind of be more creative. Like I, I think the series kind of has been following a format. In terms of like the design of like since the very first game, and I think like even with side content, I think they need to kind of like shake it up because like each main game has had Winnie the Pooh is like you go there and it's like 
all right, how many times are we going to visit this beer? Like, cause, <laughs> you know, like I, I love Winnie the Pooh, but I feel like it was getting repetitive. And even on the third game, you didn't even have much content with that, you know, that whole thing. So True. I think um, that's where I stand. I just want to see more created it creativity and like them kind of like thinking more outside of the box with certain things so. yeah I, I mean some some of the stuff i want are pretty recent so i'm i'm not sure if i can expect them but then uh, i think nomura said that they were still deciding uh which world worlds they wanted to put in like uh in an interview right after the trailer so that kind of gives me hope uh and also it, it kind of furthers the point that it's still early in development, but yeah, I mean, kind of knew that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But yeah, like you said, uh, Moana or Coco would be great. Uh, Encanto would be would be awesome for me and 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 my my daughter. I think it would be cool. I I'm just interested. I, I saw people mention that, and someone raised like, how would they like incorporate that into a, like a fully explorable world? Yeah. I, I'm curious about that too. Of like how. How to translate that? Because really, the whole movie kind of takes place in a house. Yeah. <laughs> so, so. But, but the the character, I think the characters would fit, you know, as party members. Like. Oh, I agree. Uh, I agree. Louisa yeah, and I, I everyone has a certain magic that that would work pretty well. But yeah, the whole yeah. movie happens in like uh, the the house and the and the town, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, because the, the thing I could think of is maybe like they could use the doors. You know, they could try to like, even if it's not this way in the movie, but just try to maybe use the door, mm-hmm. the yeah. doors as like a True. gateway to different places to explore. Because technically, Bruno's door yeah, led to this whole like weird, it. yeah, sand cavern thing. So I, they could do things if they tried it. I think it could be interesting. Yeah, I hope they they still have time for you know, even if it's still uh, pretty pretty recent. I, I hope they have. I think Frozen Two is also a given now because they they seem mm, to yeah. it seems to attract uh, a big crowd, uh, and then yeah. you know you have the that Star Wars thing, which uh, mm. given the setting, I think it 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 would also work pretty well. You know the Ewoks and the forest and all that. Which is the thing I'm just curious about is why I do Return of the Jedi because it feels like it's throwing. You're you're getting thrown in at the end of a story instead of starting at the beginning. Yeah, I think it's because the the cuteness of the Ewoks and they wanted something that yeah. the you know uh, yeah. Sora could turn into or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you could. I mean, it's it's probably the easiest one to maybe make like a world for. I guess thinking because I haven't watched the original trilogy in a long time, but I know. Um, you know, in Empire Strikes Back, a lot of the characters are split up, and like Luke spends a lot of the movie in like a swamp, you know. <laughs> and then um, in the first movie, they're kind of like they're kind of like jumping around a lot and on ships. And I feel like in Return of the Jedi, they do spend like a good chunk on that one planet where they're fighting mm-hmm. with the Ewoks. So I guess it makes sense from a design perspective, but yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't mind it. I I I, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've watched it. I like the the Ewoks movie. They they have a, a Star Wars uh, just for Ewoks. I forgot forgot what it's called, but it's pretty old. Oh, I've never heard of that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to look into it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah, like. A- and there's oh, go ahead. Yeah, just uh, and then then there's this uh, small, uh, you know, IP. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called uh, the mm-hmm. Avengers. Uh, mm-hmm. What what do you think? It it has a chance of being there. I mean, time? I feel like everybody jumps to the Avengers, <laughs> but I feel like in like Spider Man, in which. I don't know why keep people keep mentioning Spider-Man because Disney doesn't own Spider-Man. Sony does. And yeah. I feel like the only way Spider-Man would get in is if they're probably going to want to cut the Kingdom Hearts sales. <laughs> and it's like, I feel like they're going to be like, no, but I don't see Spider-Man getting in because it's not even, he's not owned by Disney. But um, I think to me, I think a more interesting world would be like Thor, like Asgard, like in my opinion. But because um, I, I feel like with Avengers, it's just gonna be like a city. Like you would probably do like New York mm. or something. And I feel like um Well they they already have the you know the IP of the Avengers they made. They tried to make a game about the, the Avengers, so maybe they Well, I guess I just feel like with the Avengers it's like, well I, I guess I just don't see the point but I feel like, you know, you're gonna have Donald and Goofy, Kingdom Hearts Three added like two. You can have two, at least two max additional um, party members, and so I'm like, well, the Avengers is a team, so it's like <laughs> unless you get to fight with all of them, I kind of just feel like having an Avengers world. There's, they'll like, take turns. Yeah, it's, it's like no, like just let me fight with I all of them. I wouldn't be a fan. Stuff. I just, I just would be excited, you know, for the the idea of having the Avengers. I, it would be crazy. Uh, I mean, it'd be cool, but I, I'd rather just, I, I just feel like, especially after Thor Ragnarok, I just think, like, having a movie based around Thor, mm-hmm. or not movie, excuse me, a world, specifically Thor Ragnarok, um, and then I guess maybe Love and Thunder, incorporating that could be, like, really cool, and just, like, I remember thinking the visuals of Asgard in that mm-hmm. movie was really cool. Yeah, and so if they incorporate that, I think it could be really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Thor as a character could also like work within Kingdom Hearts because I think that's been like an issue of like with the Pirates world is that I feel like I, I just feel like they never really fit. Like I, I don't <laughs> like I don't know. Like I, I just feel like they like I feel like everything in the Pirates world is just like taking itself so seriously, and then you just look over and it's like Donald, Goofy, and Sora. Because yeah. I feel like there could be like some funny stuff of like you know Thor and shit. Like because he's I don't know. Just, that's I guess that's my fault. If they do Avengers, fine. I just hope it's fun and it's cool. Yeah. So <laughs> mm-hmm. just just give me Encanto, and then the rest you can. Uh, they can do whatever oh, they want. It's it's really you want Encanto Encant- just so they could do what they do at Frozen, where they just they recreate an entire song, Kingdom Hearts Four, yeah, no, Donald, no. Goofy, and Sora. No, you want that? That's what you want. No, <laughs> you ju- I just you know I just rewatched the movie with my with my daughter if I wanted that. You know she watches it. And, and oh, no, yeah, movie, I know. So. Yeah, I <laughs> know. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Um, yeah, like I feel like for me, it's just yeah. Like I, I also I want Agrabah to return only because I feel like really? they ripped us off because we never got the uh, Aladdin and the King of Thieves, which is the best. Um, oh, like they they did the Return of Jafar th- story. But they never did the third movie. 
Like the third movie is the best out of the two sequels. I and like it, too, it has yes. some Yeah, like you get Aladdin's dad and mm-hmm. I always remember I haven't seen that movie since I was a kid, but I always remember like there's like the place they go to at the end of like the tur- it's like the sea and like the turtle thing. I'm like, that would be really cool in Kingdom Hearts. And yeah. so I never got what they just skipped over that. Um I also personally, I mean, Hades is at the end of the trailer, so I guess it's Olympus is probably coming back, but I, I wish they would just replace Olympus with something else. <laughs> um, you can have like a, a coliseum or battle type thing. Um, I don't know, but I, I don't want to see Olympus again. But it's probably going to come back. Um, in terms of like your original question, though, which was about what I want to see Final, Fan- uh, Final Fantasy Worlds, I would love that. I just don't think it would happen. Uh-huh. And um but if it did i think like again the Morris handling of games that aren't his is weird but i feel like a final fantasy 9 world like if it was based on like alexandria or like limblum or something mm. be really cool um and really fit within kingdom hearts like um like I, I don't know i just think that would be really cute and um but who knows if that'll happen so it's it happening yeah, but, uh, but are we, I guess um, I feel like we went really, we did like a deep I, dive towards I, the end, You did. I, I, I pretty much, I wasn't of much help during this whole retrospective. I'm sorry. You were <laughs> no. pretty much doing the, the, the heavy lifting there. No, I thought, no, I thought that was great. I just, um, no, it was great. Like, I, I think you, you contributed, you're, you're selling yourself short. Um, but all right then, I think, (laughs) all right then, but I mean, it was great talking about Kingdom Hearts. I feel like it's it's definitely a complicated series that I feel like I know I have complicated feelings about, but I I don't know if I'll be fully on board to buy Kingdom Hearts for day one. I think it's a game that very dependent on reviews and like word of mouth for me. I don't know about how you feel because like, you're, you're really just in it for the gameplay and like, yeah, the Disney yeah. stuff for your daughter. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, right, I'm definitely but, I mean, in. I'm, uh, it's one of the, you know, they, they ha- we have a lot to look forward to with Square Enix games at, at the moment. They have uh, a lot going on and it's one of the games I'm, I'm really looking forward to. Alright, yeah. Well, it sounds good and I guess we can consider this an official wrap-up of the episode. We did our Kingdom Hearts celebration <laughs> for the month. Um, I'm sure. I, I don't. I don't really think we'll see a lot of news going forward for the rest of the year, besides about like the other things they announced, except for the mobile game and like I think them finishing up Dark Road. So I think we probably won't be going into Kingdom Hearts deeply like this again for the rest of the year. Yeah. But we'll see. Oh, so, yeah, as always, take care. Thank you for listening and have a good one. Bye. Bye bye.
so much for our long podcast. It was never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs>